What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. Another episode of the Off Track Experience. Soon to be changed as well. We're changing the name. We're mixing it up. It's going to be called D&Ms with Dean very shortly. We're going to shoot some photos. Might even be done by the time this comes out, but we're mixing it up. We're stepping away from the mountain biking side of things a little bit, and we're going to go down this new path. We'll probably still have the off-track experience for mountain biking content, and that'll be like a little side channel. Well, same channel, but little side thing. But for the podcast now, it's going to be changed D&Ms with Dean. I think it kind of matches where I'm at and what I'm doing a little bit better, so... Super excited to kind of change that up and kind of have a new look, new things happening. As I'm recording this, I'm actually in the new studio in Burley that I've just set up. Super excited about it. A lot of new change happening in my life, which is um, super exciting and a little bit scary at times when it's kind of not going right. But then when you kind of get over that hump and it starts to work out, it's, uh, it's pretty fulfilling. So very excited for what's to come. But on this episode of the podcast... I sit down with Pat Murtar. Now, Pat Murtar is someone that I met on the Gold Coast recently and just one of those absolutely humble, nice people, like one of the nicest people you ever meet. And you can kind of see that his life goes in this direction where things just keep happening that are good, but they're happening because of how he comes across in the world and how he carries himself. So these opportunities just keep arising. Now, he played rugby... Rugby Union or Rugby League? I'm not sure what the difference is, to be completely honest. But he played that growing up and was obviously a star athlete and then moved across to AFL, where now he's been picked up to actually play NFL in America. Now, we recorded the podcast a day before he was going to shoot over to start doing tryouts and start playing in there. So he's went over last year, had a hip injury that forced him back, and we talk about the struggles of overcoming the injuries and how cutthroat the the industry is where it's if you have a bad day you pretty much cut straight away and kind of what that's put inside of him now to then show up properly and come back and then kind of give it everything he's got he knows it's his second chance at this and he doesn't want to let it go so really cool to see how passionate he is about going over there now and also his driving force behind that he lost his father uh about three years ago and then he had to become the kind of masculine role in the household to his sister and his mum and you can see the drive he has now to then provide for them and kind of not just do it for him but do it for his family so I'm excited for him because I can see it the drive in him and I know he'll be able to pull this off so it's going to be such a cool story to see from where he's come from and where he's going to go so super cool podcast really enjoyed this one time flew by and I love when that happens and I hope you guys enjoy it as well Before we get into it, quick word from the sponsors. You guys are not eating enough vegetables, not eating enough fruit, because I know I wasn't until I got onto Athletic Greens. They've got 75 whole food ingredients that just make you feel great and start your morning off right. I've been putting a scoop in my smoothie every morning with some bananas, with some protein powder, with some peanut butter, you know, just really just mixing it up a little bit, but it just gets my morning started right. I feel like it's given back to my body and just makes me feel good straight off the bat. But you guys want some free stuff? free free five free travel packs and a year supply of vitamin d is what you can get all you got to do follow the link in the description try it out see what you think let me know but i think it's the best way to start your morning i've been trying to cut back on caffeine and coffee so this is a good substitute if you want to start your morning off with something good for your body but enjoy the podcast with pat and i'll talk to you guys soon
And welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the best intro I've ever had. It's, it's, it's what song is that? What song is that? Um, one of my mates showed it for me when I was in Sydney. It is. Um, <laughs> I might be by Elijah the Boy. Go listen to that. Get you in the self in the mood. <laughs> what a way to start a podcast. Oh, like no other. Uh, no, yeah, that's a good way to start it, isn't it? I can't. Actually, speak. need a better intro song now. I reckon I need to get a better intro song to like lead into it. What um do you usually have intro music? Yeah, but it's like or you know when you just get because it's got to be um it's got to be free like because obviously you get royalties and stuff on it. Yeah. So you can't have something like that cool. But obviously, unless you paid royalties, gotcha. but I don't want to pay. But we can. You know when you know you can do better though. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Just get lucky to mix it. Do a little DJ. <laughs> Dude, I'm think I was thinking that I want to get him to like remix something, and we want to make like a music video. And you could have that at like the start of each podcast or like each thing is like just like a quick action, just like something stupid but fun and like get guests involved and stuff and like make it like just like a fun, cool ad kind of like bit like getting into it. Yeah, like Jaws and Men sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I wanted because we wanted to film one more um, video before I left, but we just ran out of time. Um, it would have been sick to like make a little intro beat just so it slowly builds in and then just bang. And then goes. Yeah. Dude, you can do so much like when you've got good videographers and like just come up with random ideas it can be so fun hey you can play with it get play around have a bit of fun mm. just, you just the more you do it the more you're better at it have you um have you tried to get like into like editing or making videos or you just you <laughs> no. but you got like the creative <laughs> spark where you're like this looks good that looks oh, good i got on like it's it, same with when you take photos as well like, there's a picture in mind that i like thinking like this is gonna look so sick but then doing it no nah, not for me yeah you um it's funny when you like think something looks really good and then you kind of check it and you're like oh damn but you know some people have that eye man they can just see stuff yeah, like 100 percent. just they're like aesthetic and how they take photos and stuff i'm like you have it but like what is that and how do you get that and then you try to do it and you look at it and you're like, nah, delete yeah <laughs> but like what yeah how do you how do you get that eye you know like photographers and like some just people yeah. just get it like they can just create something cool i guess it's kind of like if you just do it your whole life you just kind of adapt and get used to it mm. and work your way around it and Get better at it, I guess. Do you find it though, because like your kind of like arts, like playing football, so that's like your skill and your art, and then like yeah. to other people, that would be like, how did he just gets it? Like he sees it. Yeah. But I guess they just see it in like a different way. Yeah, hundred percent. Like when I play footy, you kind of just you kind of see it when you're out there. Like, All right, well, there's a space. That's where I need to be. I'm not gonna go there. And people will say, well, how? Why are you? Why'd you do that? How'd you do that? It's just you just learn and you adapt along the way. If anything can. I guess it's kind of what you're saying when they had that eye for it. Yeah, you kind of just, you, you get it. Yeah. I remember my grandfather, I was building like motocross jumps and I built this like really big gap. And as I'm building it, because I was borrowing his, um, his machinery to build it, he just like came and had a look and he's talking to me. He's like, how do you know how big to make it? And do. I was just like, I, like, I don't know. I just, I think this will work. And after like doing something for years, it's like, it's like when a surfer knows when to go for a wave. Yeah. It's like, how, how do you know? I'm like, you just, you just know. Do you yeah. feel like you've kind of always had that, like just kind of knowing in a way? Um, yeah, I guess I've just been brought up around so much sport in my life and I've just kind of been involved in it all. And <clears throat> yeah, kind of as you said, you just kind of know. It's pretty much the easiest way. To, I don't really know how, to, know how to describe it. You just, when, you just know. When did you start playing? Like when did you Because it was like a, AFL first and then... Yeah, well, I played rugby union my whole life from prep to year 12 at school. And then I made the transition to athletics and did decathlons for two years. And then after that... Um, hadn't played a game of AFL in my life <clears throat> and they, they'd they asked if you wanted to go to the, the Suns Academy and try it out for that so it's like, oh, I'm in an iron about it I don't know, up here I grew up on the Gold Coast so we didn't really 
hear much about this AFL sport or league up here. Um, but went down in the end and gave it a go and it worked out pretty well. Um, we just thought, well, we've got nothing to lose. And they invited me down to the academy to play and I went down there, played four games at the academy, went back to the local, played seniors for a bit. And then that same year, I ended up getting picked up by the Suns. It was pretty... It all happened pretty quickly and the same goes when I got released from the Suns. I think two weeks later I was on a plane in London for an NFL combine and then came back home, had time with my family and my friends and then I was on a plane flight to Florida with 13 others in the world to, for a 10-week camp to go do an NFL combine. Was it, you kind of just like pinch yourself in those moments, hey, like it doesn't feel real, does it? Yeah, it, well it happened, <clears throat> it was a weird one because it happened so quickly where I got released from the Suns and then I got picked up in the NFL and it's just all happened so quickly and I think it was only when I, I came back home to get surgery where it kind of hit me a bit when I was like wow my name is on the wall with all these other pro ball athletes and NFL athletes and um but yeah I think that's one thing I wish I took in I took it in a bit more when I was over there but it's just tough when it all happens so quickly it's like you're so in the moment hey like you yeah. just you, you you're there but you're also just like what is going on how did I get from A to B 100% gotta, yeah <clears throat> and for a guy from Australia as well on the Gold Coast like you go from <laughs> you go from playing AFL, which is probably one of the biggest sports here in, in Australia, to a, one of the biggest sports worldwide, and you just kind of realise, well, shit, I'm here, I'm in the big league now, and, and you get there and you walk around, and these guys have been growing up playing this sport the whole life, so when they play in college, it's just as big as what NFL almost is, and so they're used to all this big limelights and the, the lockers and all the fans and everything, but for a guy down here, you're walking around, you're like, wow, this is... It's big time, hey? Yeah. It's just a change. Like I think all sports in Australia are just so small and we don't realise that until you go to Europe or America or something like that and you go, oh man, no, it's big, like it's real big. Well, even walking around, on my last day I went out downtown just to have a little look around and you just get random people in the street that come up to you and like, oh, you're, you're Patrick Murta and I was like, shit, how do, you, how do you know who I am? I've been here for three days and they'd go, well, how's your, um, how'd you go in athletics when you were competing in athletics back in your day in decathlon? And I was sitting there, I don't know this guy for a bar of soap, he's in America and he knows all about my life. They just know everything. They're just diehard fans and they love it. I do remember that when I was over there, they just, they actually follow you so carefully. Mm. And they're really polite and like actually, like Americans know how to like be a fan, I think. Yeah. Where sometimes you go to like, I don't know, Australia sometimes, oh, it's pretty good in Australia. Sometimes (laughs) in Europe, I think the language barrier makes it harder. And it's like that thing where it's like a bit of a disconnect. But I felt like Americans were just super polite, super friendly. They know your whole backstory and you're like, whoa. Yeah, it takes you back and you're kind of like, wow, like, <clears throat> they appreciate you for an athlete. Yeah. Over there. And they do over here as well, but just over there, it, everything from the training facilities to the fan base to just <laughs> even the cars, everything's just bigger over there. <laughs> and you just fit in fine. You're like, yeah, this, this works. Yeah, I'm like, I don't mind this life. This, this is nice. <laughs> Get a big truck. Yeah, well, the, um, the owner of Detroit Lions, I'm pretty sure, well, I should know this, uh, Sheila Ford. So she's... Um, I think it's Henry Ford's um, granddaughter, or I think so. Can you my phone? So you put, yeah, do, yeah. do what you want, man. So I don't want to say something that's not true. No, 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 search it up. This is why I need like a Jamie, like, you know, on Joe Rogan, has a person that like searches <coughs> stuff up. Oh, really? Yeah. So eventually, eventually I'll just get someone that, yeah, you can just like look stuff up as you record. Yeah, so like. Sheila Ford, um, Jeez. So you're getting a cheap truck, that's what you're saying. <laughs> well, I wanted or to just get getting a, you're just gonna get a truck. I wanted to get a big Ford Raptor over there. Yeah. Big wheels and everything. Um or, or a nice old Ford Mustang sort of thing. Oh, yeah. So that would have been pretty nice. But the Ford, uh big Ford Raptor would have been nice rolling around <sighs> with 
Because the roads in Detroit aren't the nicest. There's so many potholes around there, so I don't want to be... You actually want a truck. Yeah, of. well, you look at the car parks and you look at cars and like, all the athletes in LA and all the other places, they would probably have like nice rain, nice um, Lamborghinis and all that. But you walk into the Detroit Lions facility, it's just big. It's all, everything's all Ford. Right? Yeah. The coaches to the players, they're all big Ford Raptors, Ford Mustangs, everything. Um, it was pretty cool. It was I was going to say, cool. dude, I'm so excited for like the life that you were about to enter into. Like we were saying, like you obviously had last year to like see it, and now you've like know what it's like, and now it's like oh, I'm going back, and it's yeah. like and because what happened? You went over, you trained, and then you did your um, you did your hip. So what was what was the process? Talk about like the first time you've gone over, and like what it was like and feelings. Because you said like it happened so quick, so it's like when you first got there, like what was it like? Uh, so I, when I got over there, I, I got jet lagged so badly. So I landed at five in the morning in Detroit. And I got picked up, taken to my, uh, my room, and as soon as I got there, they said, all right, well, breakfast, lunch, and dinner down the buffet. It's all in the house. You go eat what you want to eat. There's a shopping centre around the corner. Let us know if you want to go there. We'll get a chauffeur for you. Um, he'll, he'll drive you. And, um, <laughs> he'll take you. Yeah. I'll take Name's that. Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. But we, um, we, I just walked across. It was nice to get a bit of fresh air. But, um, yeah, I reckon I was, I was the worst I've ever been jet lag wise mm getting over there and by the time it was the first day so I flew over three days early just to kind of adjust for that stuff and then when I got over there the first day you just walk in and they go all right we'll sit down and here's what the, all the players are sitting there doing like some medical reports you're going in there there's some big names walking walking past you introducing themselves and you're kind of like this is, this is pretty cool and you'd know most of the top players on the team yeah like you know all of them you'd kinda, be like, you kind of see their face and it's funny over there because they wouldn't they wouldn't know who I, like my name or anything about me. They'll just refer to me as the Aussie guy. Yeah. So I remember I was walking through and I was looking at all the tight end um, names in the wall, <clears throat> and there was two guys that were sitting down, and they heard me talking. And they're like, oh, "That's that Aussie guy." Didn't know my name, but they just said, "Oh, he's that Aussie guy over here." So they they knew that I was an Aussie guy. But I mean, unless you're on that main list, because it's it's preseason, so a lot of players get invited and they just come and go, come and go until yeah. the season's set, and then that's when the teams are set for moving on. But yeah, just walking around. It was pretty pretty surreal, to be honest. I've seen you hanging out with OBJ. How did <laughs> yeah. that come about? Yeah, so we are over in the IMG Academy in Florida, and that's where we are based for our 10-week camp, and that's where I'm going back again. And that was the time when he was in his rehab stage, coming back in, trying to get back into a team. And at the time, he needed a quarterback to throw to him, and at the time, my quarterback was throwing for me in the, in the camp, and they go, well, hey, can you throw for OBJ? And... Yep, sounds good. So he, he messaged me and he goes, hey, just keep this on the low, but I'm going to go throw for Odell tonight. You want to come watch? And I was like, no way, you're doing this. So rocked up and there he is. He's Lamborghini Urus. His little, his little kid's there. His dad's there. Um, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then got invited, I think, two days later. And he goes, you want to train with me? And yeah, big, big childhood moment came true there. So we're, we're training there. And I think I just got caught up in the moment of, this is just, I'm just training. Like I'm training with another player here. I'm going to learn off him. So I was... I wasn't really fanboying at the time, but mm. as soon as he left, oh, I was a little, my, my little little child came out of me. I was jumping around. I was like, did you see that? I was trained with Odell. This is sick. Bro, <laughs> that's so cool, man, to actually be in that moment. And then also, like you said, you just got in it. You were just like, I'm training. This is yeah. good. Like, just appreciate the moment kind of thing and don't be 100%. like caught up on it. Yeah, well, and how often are you going to train before you're one of the best in the league? He's <clears throat> well-renowned for the NFL and... I mean, even down here in Australia, you walk around, like, you know Odell Beckham is, and people would be like, yeah, I know him. So I just thought I'd make the most of it, just take in as much as I can, just be a sponge, absorb yeah. as much information. He was so lovely too, so he took time out of his workout to 
walk me through some things, um, show me some drills I can work on on my own time. And yeah, even his videographer, he was he was sick. He was a vibe as well. But he'd come out of his Lamborghini Urus, and as soon as he sees that, the guy would play music through his speakers, and he'd get the videos up, his cameras up, and start recording. And as soon as we started, it was like, it's going to be sick. Oh man, just like creates a vibe, hey, it just yeah. creates a feeling when you come into something. And you can see that, and you're like, all right, this is this is the life I want to live. This is why they love training because they just make it fun and they're, they're enjoying obviously getting paid big bucks but still like, this is <laughs> it's mm. so fun you rock up there you get your own this you get your own that and you have your best mates playing sport for a living i think that's <laughs> that's a big childhood dream for a lot of people out there but like you said it's creating that thing where like they want to go there with their family they're not like grinding all the time like mm. they can make it fun and i think that's the like you know when you walked in and i was just doing a workout yeah. i was like I just want to create a place or like what OBJ was doing that you can go and you're like, I feel good here. Yeah. When I feel good, I play good. So it's like, bring your family. 100%. He would have got so much happiness and fulfillment out of helping you because he would have seen what that meant and he would have seen how like you were just like... And then, you know, when you see people coming up, like I think that's like the biggest fuel you can get when you see people that are at the start of a journey that you're like, oh man, like this is... I remember when I was there and it's just like, you know when you move somewhere for the first time? And you're at that new place and you're like, everything's new, everything's exciting, the people are cool, everyone's friends. Like, there has been no bad things happen and you, at that time is such a valuable, fun time. Oh, 100%. And that's what, like, obviously you went into with him and you're kind of going to go back into again Yeah, now. And, and it was pretty cool too because at the end of the workout, um, this is the last time I saw him, um, <clears throat> he was like, I'll see you in the league at the end of the year. At the time, I just, I just went in one ear and out the other. I was like, nah, no, that's crazy. Like, you're playing NFL. And then I just didn't really think at the time, I'm training for the NFL. And then when I got picked up by Detroit Lions, just kind of connected the dots. He went to the Ravens. I'll see him at the end of the year. I'll see him in the NFL. We'll probably play against each other and that'd be, be pretty cool, pretty, pretty surreal. How's that little feeling, hey, when he would have said, I'll see you in the league? Mm. Like he would have saw that and been like, yeah, he, he can get in there. He'll, he'll do yeah, it. Helped a lot. Bit of reassurance that was. It's helped really good for the confidence. Um, but it's just good to see someone of that sort of calibre just recognise, like, oh, you're doing the work, you're putting mm. the work in, and, like, hats off to you. Like, I can see you've been in the league, so I'll see you there. It's funny, man. I was talking to this, um, my mate the other day about how, like, what comes first? Is it confidence or belief? It's like, you know, when you believe in yourself, mm. and, like, the belief then builds the confidence, but then you use the confidence, and then it builds the belief. It, like, stacks on top of each other. It's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. Yeah, exactly, because... <laughs> I think the big, if you believe in yourself, man, like that's so that's that extra five percent in getting to where you want to go. And when you have a mentor or someone who's done it, and they go like, "I'll see you in the league," like that just adds that little bit more belief. And with that belief, then you get that confidence. And it's like I think when people really do believe in you, especially people that have done what you are trying to do, that is like that's that extra little step because then you believe in yourself, and you're like, "Okay, I've got all this confidence I can push forward with now." So, and it's just those little things by saying that. And you obviously went in one ear and out the other, like you said, but like something would have stuck on that. It stuck, yeah. yeah. Like I still remember it to this day so vividly. But even still, like, <clears throat> and I think that also defines like a lot of athletes as well. Because when you say like that belief in confidence, you got confidence and then someone gives you that sort of reassurance and that um, affirmation. Now I get a bit more confidence, but how much is too much confidence and you get a big ego and then that kind of throws it at the window. I see mm. it happens a lot with athletes, I reckon. Mm. They get a bit too confident and... I just throw it out. Yeah, you need to kind of like catch yourself now and again, hey, yeah. if you're going too far with something. 100%. There's a, fine, there's a fine line between being confident and being like cocky, I guess. Because, mm. I mean, <clears throat> when I'm going back to my second year in this camp, 
it's when I try to describe to people when they ask me how do I feel, I said I feel I'm, I'm confident in myself. Right? When I say that, I'm not saying like oh I'm gonna get picked up and whatnot. It's it's not that. It's I'm confident in like the work I've put in in the past year with my rehab with the team around me, so from my physios to the people at the gym to like mentally being prepared as well for my friends, my family, and all the help externally from that. Like it's, it's just just built and built and built. So I'm confident that I'm going into this year so much more prepared than last year. And it gives me confidence as well knowing that like, I had six months of training for the sport and they got picked up. Now I've got a year and six months, but with a whole big block behind me. So it kind of, like it makes sense. And you've seen it as well. I've seen you've it, You've yeah. seen it, you've tasted it, you've felt it. And I, know, and I know what it's like as well, like the training, the training load we're going into. And, and obviously this year I'm going to be the only one that's repeated this program. So they're going to put a bit more pressure on me in terms of like being a leader and setting the standards and... Like, Obviously, everyone's going to be watching how I train as a workout and just to see how I go. So, I mean, it's going to be the same as last year. It's just 10 weeks that will set yourself, set your family up for the rest of your life, honestly. And if you, you do it right, your foot's in the door when, once you get in there because you'll, the, you'll be in the practice squad. Once you're in the practice squad, then, all right, what I do in the camp that got me here, how can I do that and get better to get on the main list? And once you get on the main list, you just, just don't get dropped. Just mm. Just keep taking someone's job. It's so cruel. <clears throat> it sounds so bad, but you can just get cut the next day. You go to training, you come back, and coach goes, I need to speak to you, you're out. And it's as simple as that. And then someone will come in that same day, take your number, no one will care, you just move on. It's a real, real tough industry out there. And as for me, when I got told I have to come back home for surgery, the next day I went in to go get a, like a final tour of the program, or not program, of the facility, my locker was gone, my name was gone. I asked if I can get my name tag off the locker. They said, no, it's in the bin, it's gone. Jersey gone, everything. It's, it's so cutthroat. And then landed two days later, and they'd already had a, another man in there. Same number, or well, not the same number, but taking my spot already. So it's just it's this constant cycle. It's business. People come, people go. That is so cutthroat. That is threw it away. Like, now it's gone. Mm. It's done. Well, they're so used to it over there. So the, the people, it's no, no, no hard feelings against them, but that's just their job, they got to get it out because someone else is coming in. Mm. I mean, and they're just so used to it because they've seen it their whole life. But I guess as cutthroat as that is, now going back in, you know how easily you can just be on the field mm. and you can be in the game. Yep. So it's like, yeah, it worked against me, but now it can work for me. 100%. And going in with that mindset. And I can see you driven because you've been training your ass off lately, hey? Yeah. <laughs> I've been giving my all, to be honest. There's um, instead of it's 10 weeks. This 10-week camp could change my whole life and change my whole family's life. Mm. So there's... I've got nothing to lose, really. I go for 10 weeks, and <clears throat> if it doesn't work out, I've only, missed, I've only wasted 10 weeks of my life because I come back and everyone's... Yeah, it's never going to be wasted, though. Like, it's never going to be wasted. Yeah, no matter which way it goes. It's, like, a, it's an opportunity. It's it's, and yeah. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. So it's... Yeah, no, I wouldn't say wasted. It's just like a... It a can't go wrong. Then, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got nothing to lose. But then even if you do lose, man, like that's when you learn anyway. So it's like 100%. you come back last year, and obviously you could look at that from the outside. Oh, I lost because of the hip thing and... My name got taken off, but look at the drive it's given you now to come back yeah. and be like, "Oh man, we're getting back in," and it will feel so much better as well if it when it does work out, you'd be like, "Oh man, I overcame and I came back, and now look at me," kind of thing. Like, yeah. that's gonna make it so much better. I think even when when I got told I was coming back home, I came home and I, I don't think I was ever in a, like, oh, I hate I hate this, I hate that. Like, I just took it as it's it's sport, it's business. You mm -hmm. sign up, you go to play sport on the weekend, you always know, like, all right, what injury could happen. Know, but you're not thinking about oh I'm going to get injured today because if you're driving your car oh I could crash today you're, yeah. not, you're not always thinking that so 
it's business. And I came back home and the next morning at 3.30, I was in the gym. Mm. Started training again, got into a routine straight away and I just I knew the job wasn't done. So I came back, gymed and ever since day one I've been training. So. Did you have any down days though? Like when you just like, what's the point in training or like what, like, because obviously you would have got become a lot weaker as well and you're trying to go back to what you were used to and it, it's like, how do you overcome those hurdles? Yeah, you said it's... It was tough because when I came back, there was a big gap between when I landed to surgery. So you, know, you get to points when you're there, you just you're training so hard, but then you're like, I'm going to get surgery and it's all going to go. I'm going yeah. to go. I'm going to have to restart. But at the same time, it's I don't know you're doing this hard work. You're building you're building little habits. Mm. I found, and then after surgery, those habits still stick. Mm. Work work ethic and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, there were there were down days, but that's. That's just why you got the friends you have around you. So the friends, everyone, everyone's played a different role with helping me get back from the, the coaches look after me coaching wise and family look after me and friends look after me. But they all, they all play a different role of how they help me, whether it's physically, mentally or just anyway. Anyway, everyone's, everyone's played a different role and it's all helped me get through to now leaving tomorrow to go to America. Mm. That's probably like, that's such an important point there. Like the, how you get through that is just like <coughs> your circle of friends family like your connections you've made yeah because they'll pull, pull you like yeah for sure pull you out i remember when when i was like recovering from injury and the boys were trying to convince me to go to never quit yeah. and i was like i'm not going man like i can't even like i couldn't i could do two push-ups i could like barely like I, and then you know what you're used to yeah. so i didn't want to go and just be that weak and start again but then it's like when are you going to start you got to like you got to suck at some point again, yeah, hundred percent. And you got to build past that. But it's like it's it's in that mindset when you're <coughs> obviously recovering. You just have those days where you're like, "What's the point?" But that's when you need, like you say, those pillars in your life that come in and go. Nah, like even when I went and I just shot photos, man, when I still couldn't work out, just that, just being in an environment with people and seeing people, and you're good. Because do you feel like you get over the sympathy, like when people are trying to be like, "Oh, I hope it gets," like they almost feel sad to see you yeah. and I hate that man I hate when people see me and they look bummed so then you're like well I don't want to make you sad so I'll just avoid it yeah but you need to like get over that first initial like is everything all good and worried about you and you're like oh good sweet we're good let's yeah. let's get off that 100%. kind of thing well I came out of surgery and I reckon three days later I was in the gym <laughs> I was on crutch I was on crutches walking around <laughs> people ask how oh, hey, how you feeling good I'm in the gym again I'm training again yeah there's no time to be sad I gotta I got a goal in mind. I got a job in mind. I have to, I have to get to. So, um, but yeah, it's no. like the whole thing. Like you can't, you can't be a victim for too long because you might get good at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. And I, there's a big thing I learned as well. It's like you never, never judge someone for where they are because <clears throat> you never know, like where they've come from or their story. Mm-hmm. They could be sleeping on the street yesterday, and now they got clothes in the back. You know what I mean? So. That's what I say to my friends as well. I say, like, just don't compare yourself to someone else. So if I, when I go to the gym, there's always going to be someone bigger than me. There's always going to be someone that's probably faster than me. But I'm not. I'm not trained to be a bodybuilder, so I don't need to worry about being as big as him. Mm. I'm not trying to do handstands and handstand push-ups and walk. I'm not trying to be a calisthenic. I'm trained for my job, and that's in my lane. And as soon as you, I, f- I figured out as soon as you step out of that and you start looking and comparing to someone else it's kind of it, that starts to take a toll a lot and yeah especially in this rehab process i've learned just to just to stay in my lane because it's as long as you're better than the day yesterday i find that you're winning and it's 
as you said, when, when you're injured as well, it's so hard to just start because it's just, it's just us being athletes. You go to gym, I can't lift. I'm lifting half the weight now. Um, I'm so unfit now. And, but you just got to realise, like, well, I mean, I'm moving at my pace. I'm moving at my rate to get to my goal at the end of the day. Like, no one else is living my goal, living my life. It's kind of what I've just kind of learnt. Mm. But that's, that can be such a hard thing to do sometimes yeah. when... And even when you compare to yourself, like you said that, like I'm lifting half of what I used to. So you're still comparing to you, but you're comparing to a version of you that doesn't exist anymore. 100%. And I mean, you're just, you're just striving to be better every day and we're just mm. we're athletes. We're always going to try to be better. We're always going to be competitive. Mm. Is that all, there'll always be that little spark in us that will, I can, I can be better than this. Like I can lift heavier. Um, yeah, the ego, man. The ego comes out. <coughs> I went to the gym the other day yeah. and I was like, I want to lift heavy again. Like, I want to be myself again. And it was way too much. But I'm just like, I want to get back to that. But I'm like, trust the process. Patience. Show up every day. Keep doing what you're doing. Because I want to get to a point where I'm like, I want to be fitter and healthier than I was before the accident. Yep. And be like, I didn't just get to here. I got even further above where I was. And just be like, fuck being a victim. That's in the past. I'm so much better than that. That helped me see how much better I should be. And like pushes you in that direction, and but patience—it's—it's it's, <laughs> it's so tough. <laughs> no one likes to wait. No one likes to. You just want to get there, but it'll be so rewarding, mm. for, as you said, for you to get there and then be better than what you were. You will look back and be like, "Yes, yeah, this is so worth it. This was amazing." So, so yeah. say, imagine going like imagine if you were playing a game and it was just easy every level where you just walk through and just like got the gold at the end and you walk through and got the gold at the end you're like this game sucks yeah <laughs> it's like you want you want those challenges you want those those setbacks you want all that stuff that actually really pushes you and tests you and goes okay this, this doesn't feel good but i've got to figure it out i've got to come out the other side of this 100 percent, and that's why you got your friends and your your network around you as i said your pillars they're there to help you support you if someone doesn't know then maybe someone else might or they'll know someone that might help Everyone, everyone plays a role in a different way. Mm. And it's understanding as well who's best at playing those roles. Yeah. Like you know when you go to someone and it's like, <laughs> I know I need this person at this moment because they're going to give me X or Y or Z. It's like and you pick those people. But I guess it's knowing yourself well enough to know who's going to be the person you need at that time. Yeah. Who's the person you... Who's <laughs> the person you... Do you have someone in your life, like it's 4 a.m. in the morning... Shit's gone really bad. Who are you calling? Yeah, well, you have a person in mind. I always, always resort back to mum. Mum will always be there. She won't ask questions or anything. She'll first thing she'll make sure is like, are you okay. That's the the main thing. Are you okay? And then later on, she'll we'll talk about it and we'll we'll work it through. Yeah, she's she's someone I can always rely and fall back onto. It's good those people that. You know, people you don't see for a long time, but they show back up in your life, <coughs> and there's just there's no, there's just no issue. Mm. Or like if you call them and just like, oh, like I need something now from you, and they're like, yep, done. Yeah. Like they don't change. Yeah. Like distance, time, space, all those things. They just they don't affect it. They're just like, no, nah, this is you, yeah. you get it, kind of thing. There's a there's a lot of those guys in my life, and I'm so so grateful for them. So appreciative. Of it. Um, but yeah, no, there's heaps of there's heaps of boys out there, and they all know who they are, and. Always grateful for them. Yeah. Do you find, is that going to be something, because obviously you're going to America, do you have many people over there that you're like good mates with and like connect with straight away or is it kind of going to be like fresh slate again? In America? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, nah, so this year, 
So last year we went over to the UK and did a combine. And then when we were over there, we kind of met everyone. And we kind of got the gist of, all right, he looks like he's someone who would make it. And by the time we went to the camp, we already had spoken to each other. We'd met each other and we were hitting the ground running. Mm. This year, we've, we're different. We're all strangers. We're <laughs> no one's met no one. I've met the guy from <clears throat> the other Aussie from here, uh, mm. Jotham. So he's a good lad, big boy. Um, but yeah, other than him, I don't know anyone else. It's going to be a fresh, fresh start. Yeah, well, funny you say that. Today, I just made a group chat for the boys that said just... Ask what you need to ask. There's a bit of shit talking here. Do what you need to do. Just, just relax. So have a bit of fun because we're going to become family when we're over there. That's, mm. Our life's going to be footy and us. and That's all it is for the next 10 weeks. So you might as well get to know each other now before we get over there. Dude, I'm just picturing like, um, remember the Titans? <laughs> yeah. Like just going into that kind of just... Yeah, it's going to be a... <laughs> <laughs> like it's, that's, that's it. That's yeah. it. Just a modern version of that. Pretty people, much. People coming in. Yeah, the... Um, and it's funny too because like I went over last year and I was the smallest in the camp. Yeah, you were saying that that you wanted to um, <laughs> put on size because what do you weigh now? Like one twenty? Yeah. Well, before Chrissy, I got up to about one twenty one, one twenty two kilos, um, and I came back. I came out of surgery at one oh four, so I chucked on some weight pretty quickly, um, and then I've lost. What's your What's now. your diet look like when you're trying to put on weight? What are you <laughs> What are you smashing? What's going down? <laughs> um, so I'd wake up I'd, before training. I would have like, overnight oats. But I blend into a smoothie so I can drink it on the go. Have that. Are you are you weighing stuff or you just no. what you feel? Yeah. Uh, well, so when I was in America last year, they tested us to see how many calories we burn resting. So if I laid in bed all day and I didn't do anything, I'd burn three and a half thousand calories, <laughs> which is something ridiculous. It was roughly like between three thousand to three and a half thousand. It is yeah. honestly so bizarre. It's heat, yeah. Um, and so breakfast would be overnight oats, but in a smoothie form of a banana. Go do my workouts, train what I need to do, and I come back and I'd have like five, four or five eggs. I'd have um, four toasts, a full avocado, about four potatoes diced up, put them in an air fryer, nice and crunchy. I'd have either a full steak or about four sausages diced, or a, you know, you this is a breakfast. This, this is breakfast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know how you get those big mints you buy from yeah, 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 for yeah, pasta? Yeah. I'd have probably a quarter of that. <laughs> So it just depends on what meat I feel like having. So let's say I had mince, I had the quarter of the packet as well. And then while that's all cooking, I'd have a bowl of yogurt of protein, creatine and a banana. And I'd just eat that while everything's cooking. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I finished that and <laughs> wash up. And by the time that's done, I'm like, oh, I could eat something else. I have some little nibbles here and there. And it's gotten to the point now where I eat so much food where my snack now is a full... Like a meal. Yeah, it's a full meal. So <laughs> when you go to Woolies, you buy eight pack sausages. That's, I'd just cook all that I'd sit down and I'd just like I'll make a snack so I'd have I'd plan on eating four then I'd eat four and I'm like, oh, I could eat another still one. hungry yeah yeah so I'd eat another one there's five I'm like oh there's three left I'll have it with rice and I'll just have it with rice and I'm like oh it's all gone <laughs> and then I'll go I've, I've almost <laughs> just have one the whole thing's gone you're like ah yeah. it happened again <laughs> I'm like sweet there you go so much money <laughs> I was gonna say what, yeah, what would you be spending on um, just food a week we um, I was speaking to mum about this actually so I think we're around six seventy a week for groceries. Just you. That's just you. <laughs> That's <laughs> something ridiculous. I don't know if it was six seventy a week or a fortnight, but I was talking to one of my friends and that they were there at the time and um, they were saying it was six seventy a week. So she's gonna go from spending six seventy a week to about two seventy a week when I leave. <laughs> she's the happiest woman in the world at the moment. Oh, and and when you, your food's all covered in America. Yeah, everything's flights, covered. Flights, accommodation, food. So we'll have breakfast, uh, buffet breakfast, lunch and dinners over there. So 
Bro, I've been having. Because <laughs> didn't you say you want to you want to get to like one thirty or one forty? I wanted to get to like the high one twenties, um, just to see how I'd move. Um, but then I got got heavy and my body wasn't coping too well with it. I wasn't getting in and out of my brakes. So my brakes means like when I'm running and changing changing angles, mm. I wasn't feeling quick or explosive out of it. So cut back down, sitting at my one eighteen, one sixteen now. Mm. Yeah, I feel fine. I'm gliding through, feeling quick, feeling explosive, feel powerful. So I've got that right balance going. So yeah. I guess I'm not too fast, and I don't think they're too fast of how heavy I am, as long as I can feel smooth and powerful in what I do. Mm. But I got to be able to be fast enough to keep up because I'm playing tight end. I got to be fast enough to keep up with players like Tyree Kill as a wide receiver, but also be big enough to block guys like Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa. So mm. for everyone, it's got to yeah. Listening, they're six four and 140 kilos. Mm. So I got to have that. Got to have that balance where. I'm going to be strong enough so I can stop them, but fast enough where I can keep up with those guys. Dude, this might sound like a bit hippie whack kind of thing, but have you ever slacklined before? What's that? Slacklining? Have you not heard of that? So it's like it's people do it over like canyons and stuff. It's like a tightrope you kind of walk on. Oh, and the big poles and they're balancing? Yeah, they don't have poles. They just have like literally just walking, but they walk on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, it, my hands are sweaty already. It sounds no, you just put it low off the ground and you practice oh. and if you fall off you just like jump off. Yeah. But I've seen people in down Burley and they have it a meter yeah. off the ground. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah. So I when I, I had wrist surgery, I got, had to get operations on both I had carpal tunnel and they just cut it open. And when I was recovering, I was like, Well, I can't do that much. So I just brought a slack line yeah. and I just practiced on it every day. Dude, I was so much more explosive because all those little muscles really? around, like you obviously your bigger, your bigger muscles when you're doing like squats and stuff, like you got a little bit of stabilization, but it's not as much as you would when you're on a slack line. It's just all these little muscles engage. And I went on it every day, man, for weeks. And I remember I went for a run with my mate and I was like, dude, I've never run so well. Like I was like, you know, when you spring, like you're like, you're springing yeah, almost. You it's not like the, 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 it was like, I was springing. I remember I sprinted, man. I was like, I've never run so fast in my life. And it was yeah, just yeah. from all this slacklining. And I think it gets a bad rap because people are like, oh, all hippies do it and this. But yeah. I would say, man, if you could get one over there and just learn how to do it, I couldn't imagine that it would be bad for, like, that explosive quick, like, what, yeah, what well, you'd be I've, doing. I've seen people do it. And I've always looked at it. I'm like, no, I'm too heavy for this. <laughs> no, you'd be or, fine, man. Or, like, oh, this is a balanced beam. I've, I've wanted to try I, I do. I <laughs> honestly reckon if you tried it, because people can't do it at first. People hop on it and they literally just fall off because yeah. all their muscles haven't actually engaged like that. And there's like obviously a bit of balance. But once you get it down, like I think, yeah, I, I, I need to start doing it again because I remember how, because I'm started running again and I just feel like heavy. Like, you know, when you yeah. feel real heavy when you run and you're like, yeah. this sucks. Like, Even when you feel good, but as soon as you start running, like, what's going on? I feel so heavy. Slowly. Yeah. 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 That's so the worst I, feeling. It sucks, man. Worst it feeling. sucks. Oh. You run like you run like two k. You're like, I'm so done with this. Yeah. And normally run ten and feel good. And then you get those days where you just one step, like, oh, this feels awesome. I don't know yeah. what I've done, but I feel I feel amazing. <laughs> I can keep running for a while now. Yeah. How good is that though? When you get like, I guess that's the running high. When you're like, this mm. is not hard. I'm going so quick, and yeah. it just feels great. Oh, especially when you do sprint training. So when I do sprint training as well, you get those days where you, you take off. This is gonna be this is gonna be a hell session. Mm. <laughs> legs aren't working. They're not feeling good. Then you get other days where your legs just feel like feathers. Mm. Oh, we're on And you don't <laughs> even know Like sometimes you haven't done Anything different It's just like I'm oh, just good It's oh, just yeah. working It's just weird how it works mm. I was going to say What does your training week Look like From like Monday Over in the Sunday? camp Oh well actually do yeah, I'll show Let you. us know what, it, what it's like here And then what, let us know What's over at the camp uh, So here Here's pretty cruisy um, uh, One of the guys Used to Run the program over there In the 
the IPP program. He's now over here living in Australia, so he's been looking after Joth and the other Aussie going over and myself. And so we'll do in the afternoons five to about eight thirty. We go in, <clears throat> bit of field work, go into the classroom, study, um, walkthroughs, and then we'll gym. And then before that in the morning I'll do I'd probably do like a run, my own run session, a gym session as well, and then recovery and then sleep. And then I'd wake up and I go to that do that session again. So it's pretty it's pretty cruisy. Um, but it, that was Monday, Wednesday, Fridays and then all my odd days. I just and I just listened to how my body was feeling. If it felt good, I'd do another gym session, another run. Um, but at this stage, we're still working out in talks with my surgeon and my physio, mainly my physio. Um, we've been working so close with him. He just, he's put a program in for me and with running and he goes, just do these when you feel, when your body feels good because we're still trying to get my body 100% every day. Mm. And that's the main thing that we're trying to work on when we go over there because obviously it's going to be Monday to Saturday, 100% every day. Right now we're, we're still trying to see how many days we can go 100% and pull up well mm. without causing injury. You're building. 100%. And the schedule over there as well is so so hectic and full on. It's not the tra- like training, is, don't get me wrong, is so tough. It, it's full on, but it's the, you're going from meetings to meetings to meetings. So you've got to be mentally aware and mentally awake as well because you're taking so many notes. So we start off with 7 a.m. breakfast, then 7.45 team meeting, 8.15 is treatment so you're taping and everything nine o'clock is another meeting and then practice for an hour and a half 10 to eleven thirty. lunch lunch is eleven thirty to twelve thirty. and during that time we'd watch vision from training so you watch with your coach probably so that's another meeting i'd say um and then it's a treatment after that for an hour and then from one thirty to four is strength strength training so your conditioning and your speed training that one till four? One thirty to four thirty. So what's that? Two thirty three. That's two and a half hours. Jesus. <laughs> and then after that, at four to four thirty is film review. So that'll be of your training as well. <clears throat> and then four thirty to five thirty yoga. Five thirty to six forty five is dinner. Seven to seven fifteen is a, like a brief meeting of how the day went and what is expected for tomorrow. And then seven fifteen to eight o'clock is another team meeting in your positions. And then eight o'clock you're done. That would be a big day. And that's every day. That's every day. So seven to eight. Is that 13 hours? <laughs> just grinding. Yep. Just absolutely grinding. Monday. Was it three and a half hours or two and a half hours for the training? Was it one till 4.30? Uh, for the gym and strength program is two and a half. Oh, okay. Two and a half. And that's after an hour and a half of field. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday <laughs> will be more of like a recovery. It's just cooling down from a session on the field with some just... Heavyweights, <laughs> you're gonna get massive, dude. Like you're really big. So that's just doing that every day. So the tough thing about it is the campus is so big. So we're riding from one side to the other, and it's about a 15 minute ride too. So at the f- the first half of the camp, we're flying on the bikes. We're we're riding around full speed, and you get to week seven, week eight, and after training, you're riding, your head's down, you're struggling to get up this little bridge. It's 30 degrees, the sun's belting on you, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be yeah, man. That's that's another work in itself is riding a bike. I'd tell you about it. That's what you did for a living, isn't it? <laughs> Preaching to the choir, brother. Oh, Preaching to the choir. Right. It's um but it's all good. It's all worth it at the end of the day as well. Yeah. Well think about how fulfilled you're gonna be like coming out the other side of that and be like, Oh man, I put everything into this. Mm. Like, how good is it when you actually do get to that point? You know when you go hard, like you go really hard at something and at the end of it you hop into bed and you're like, I did that. 
like I went in on that, like properly in, like that was everything. That was my all, that was everything I had. And you come out the other side and no matter where you ended up on like a list or like a game or whatever, you're like, I gave 110% and left it all out there. And man, that feels good. That was my big, that was something I really believed in when I was over there. No matter what happens, I want to leave the camp knowing I gave it my all. There's mm. nothing more I could have given. And if I didn't get picked up, well then, well done. Like, I know what the standards are like and I know how hard it is and how tough it is to make it in. And, and if I did get picked up, then I was like, well, I gave it my all. So I'm pretty stoked of it. But, and that's going to be the same for this year as well. So I'm just, I want to be able to, at the end of the pro day, go back to bed and just go, yeah. There's nothing, nothing else I could have given in this camp. I gave it, I left everything out there. And it is the best feeling too because you go, you do your pro day and 300 odd people out there watching you and you line up for your 40 yard dash and everyone, all eyes are just on just you. That one, for that less than five seconds worth of time, everyone's watching you when you do your, from the time you do your hand measurements to when you do your arm span, when you do your, your weigh in, your height, bench press, vert, everything. All those little moments, hey, the whole 10 weeks, your whole life, or every, everything, everything you did is just built up for that. And then when it's all done, it happens so quickly. It's done. Everyone's out, and you're still sitting there like, "Wow, we just did. We just did a pro day. That, that was that was awesome." Just put everything in, hey. Yeah, that's, that's very fulfilling. Like winning is obviously a good feeling, but giving it your all and losing is still probably better than if you won and you didn't try. Like you know when you like yeah. something wins and you're like, "That wasn't me." Like in a team, like we got there, but like I didn't. I didn't do it. You gave it your all. <laughs> Credit to you guys because you guys were just so much better. Yeah. Like, I gave everything I had, but there's nothing else I could have really done, to be honest. Mm. Um, but yeah, credit's given me credit too, I guess. That's what, then you just, you go back to the drawing board. Yeah. You're like, my best isn't good enough. And instead of going, oh, my best isn't good enough, go, okay, my best isn't good enough. What do they do that I don't have or I haven't done? And how can I use that to my game? Mm. How can I just close that gap? Yeah, just study them. Mm. What are you doing? How are you going that fast? Instead of looking at them like, oh, why do you get to do that? Or why do you get to go that fast? You're like, man, what are you eating? When are you sleeping? How are you training? How are you recovering? It's just like learn from those people and better yourself. And it's the big thing too, because you see what they do on the field. Like you can study them so much on the field. <clears throat> so like I'll, I'd watch Travis Kelsey play. And I'm like, this, why is he the best? Like this is why he's the best. He's just so aware of the space around him and the players. And he just knows where, where to go. Um, but it's also, you, I, I, I won't be able to see it, but you've got to watch them off the field as well. Because you, you, you train for so a certain part of the day, but what else are you doing off, off the field? Like, mm. How late is he going to bed? How much sleep is he getting? What's he eating? What's he doing in his spare time? Is he, is he out there doing this, doing that? Or is he here doing this and that? So I think that's a massive thing as well. Mm. What, you're doing, what you're doing when no one's watching. Do you reckon that's going to be a hard thing to not fall into when you go over? Like all the shiny lights, all the girls, all the, like the... Like, you're going to be the guy, but I guess because you're going to be in a situation when there's going to be a lot of people that are the guy kind of thing. Like it's yeah. that, it's like you, you're leveling up and like you're in like, okay, I'm not the only one kind of thing in a way, yeah. but still you're going to be like, you're going to be having the shine. Like yeah. you're on the come up, fit, healthy, going into a cool sport. Like it's going to be, and I guess you just got to be careful there, man, as well. It's like who actually does come around you and what do they want out of mm. you? And that's the thing, you've got to be able to like, check yourself and be like, what does this person actually want in my life? Are they going to better it? Are they going to make it worse? Is it going to better myself? But how do you think you're going to deal with that? I guess it's, it's inevitable. Like you're going to go over there and you know all the stuff. As you said, it's going to happen. Like, like you're playing in the NFL. There's going to be 
everyone's going to be watching you. There's going to be girls signing themselves at you. There's the party life's going to be out there. People will hit you up for all this sort of stuff. But you just got to, I guess, for me personally, I'm there to play footy. That's that's my job. Um, when I go over there, if I get signed, I'm I'm not a starter. I'm not a big name. So why should I live live the life like I'm a big name? You know what I mean? Like these guys have got four or five years contracts. Like mine will probably be a year on base pay. I want to be one of those guys. I want a four year contract on some big pay. Um, and at the end of the day, like you got, there's people at home relying on me. So you get caught up in that life and you just throw it away. All that hard work that not only you put in, but like those around you, your friends, your family, your network system, the people at gym, the people at physio, everyone's everyone's rooting for you back home. And I guess it's a big kick in the stomach if they see you going out there and you're partying every weekend and you're just throwing all this hard work out the window. Mm. So yeah, that's just been my mindset. I'm, I'm there to play footy. And even if there's 10-week camp, I'm going over there. I'm, it's 10 weeks. It will set you up for life. Knuckle down. And same thing. Well, that's 10 weeks. It got me to the NFL. All right. I got one year now. One year to build on this contract, build on my game. How can I take that next person's job? So there'll be four people probably in front of you, three or four people in front of you. All right, sweet. Maybe the first year I take one person. The second year I take two more people. And now there's only one person in front of me. Mm. All right, well, how can I get his spot? And then once you get to that top spot in your position, now you've got four other guys trying to take your spot of what I just did. So It's never ending, is it? It's never ending. So they're just waiting for you to make that one mistake where you go out you do something and you just get in trouble or, or something happens because you weren't doing the right thing, then you fall down and there goes your contract. And as we spoke earlier, it's so brutal. It's so cutthroat. So eyes are watching you everywhere and it's just not worth the risk. It's just the whole thing where it's like lock in. Like there's so much mm. temporary fun that's out there. But if you lock in now, I always ask people, I'm like, do you want your dessert first or second? Yeah. And so many people want their dessert first and they get to 35 or 40 and they're like, oh man, like I had so much fun. But... Now, and I'm not saying you can't have fun still, but just know when it's like, okay, this is business time. This is when I need to lock in. This yeah. is when I need to get on my grind and this is going to set me up. But I can still have fun. I still enjoy life. But yeah, it's just like you you only get 24 hours in a day. You need to know where to put your energy. And you're knowing like, okay, yeah. I have 10 weeks and this could change my entire life forever. Lock in, get it done. Yeah. And it's, your season's not all year as well so you, there will be times for you to like alright you can go travel you go travel and enjoy that life I'm 23 so I'll be 24 next month but still there's guys in the league that are 34 and then when they retire they'll be they've got their whole life to live still they'll have a good amount of coin in the bank to go you know, have that dessert do what they want to do like they'll have families and everything you can go travel the world you can go do everything you want to do because you know you just worked hard to set yourself up for life mm. I think that's going to be a big reward as well having that Having that at the end, end of your career, knowing it, yeah, I worked hard for this. I can just relax now. David, um, David, I heard David Goggins talking about this in his uh, on a podcast. But he talks about when he was being a seal, and you get put in the water, like get like surf torture and stuff, and they just put you in the water when it's freezing and just get waves hitting you, and then so many people quit and they leave. And was this the one that, where that was like in the middle of the night? They do it. It's called Hell Week. It's when they do the like the week of training and they just get put through the ringer but on the surf surf torture or surf hell or something like that um they put him in the water and people always quit and just get out and he was just saying that like you're gonna hop in the shower and get warm again like you can get through this like work hard now enjoy it later and he was saying all the people that quit they all said like i'm like i'm warm now like i've got my good life i'm in my house got my kids got all this but i quit in that moment and i've got to live with that Forever, because I had to just deal with that for how that week, one week, 
and they've obviously people push through it and people don't but it's like whenever it gets hard no like you're going to get warm again like things are going to get better but if you quit in that moment you've got to live with that for the rest of your life no matter how big or small that thing if you know you quit on something that you really didn't want to quit on like that shit hangs around with you and you'll regret that like, eat, I don't know about you but that'd eat me up <laughs> it's just <coughs> one week you know. <laughs> if you're going like I don't want to I don't want to be a marine like I don't want to go into that but I'm like if I had that mentality mm. to do it there's obviously yeah. part of you like I'm, I'm not quitting on this well it's like when I came back from surgery people were saying oh I don't know how like, you're, you're still doing this and I would have ran away and all that stuff and it's like yeah like, don't get me wrong when you're having tough times it does cross your mind like, I'm going to one way ticket to Europe if I see you, I see you. If I don't, I don't. You know what I mean? But cool. I'm there for a year, two years, and they get to about 26, 27, and they go, I'm watching the NFL. I could have, mm. what if? Like, I'd, I'd hate that what if. Like, what if I gave it another shot? Like, what if I just did this? And, you know? And that's like... It's a dangerous thing to live with, hey, the, oh, what, the what if. Yeah. It could eat you up. Because only you know what you have inside. Like, only you know, like, okay, I know I've got that. Like, I know I can do that. But it's putting in that work to make that a reality is the thing that people don't do. But it just seems like such a, it just feel like you say such a waste to look back. I want to look back at my life and be like, I gave it again my all in a range of different things. Like that might be football now, that might be I don't know some other extreme different thing again. But it's like as long as you're giving it your all, it's like each chapter of your life could be so cool and different. Yeah. But you're just like gave it everything, and then you get to the end of your life and you're like, oh man, that was. That was good. Like that was that it's was rewarding. You're like, yeah, yeah. Like we yeah. did it. We fucking did it. You can sit back and just like pat yourself on the back. Like, yeah, wow. But you need to go through that grind to really remember it. Hey, <laughs> you've got to. You can't. Like it's not going to be easy. But that's. Mm. Oh, no, I heard this thing. Um, J Cole, the um, the other song. What does he say? There's beauty in the struggle, ugliness in the success. Mm. And I was like, man, that's so, so true. Like the struggle of coming up, the struggle of trying to make it. There's so much memories and like so many good times you'll bring out of that when you thought like, man, I just want the, the nice house and I want all that. And then you get that. And then obviously it can be amazing, but then there's also things that come with that. that you're like, fuck man, I miss just grinding with the boys. Yeah. Like <laughs> you laugh about it too. When you get there, you're like, Oh, I remember when we were in hell week, <laughs> you were crying to me saying, I can't do this anymore. Sort of thing. You just laugh about it afterwards. Yeah. And you think about all the stuff you would have got out of that. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. all life lessons. You're all learning, character building, no matter what you do. What do you think taught you the most? Or what, what thing do you think has taught you the most about yourself and what you want to do? Uh, that's a good one. I mean, I've, there's been a few things. So like I went, went to the NFL and came back and learned a lot there about the whole regaining stuff. But I think losing dad a few years back like that, I learned so much. I'm, I still am as well. So <clears throat> like I lost dad and... Like just, I had a feeling that role of being a father figure, I'd be step up as the older brother as well um, to my younger sister, and it's just like there's that that guidance from an older male figure wasn't there anymore. So you're doing things and you're just learning, and you'll do something and you'll you'll make a mistake. And you're like, Fuck, mm. am I not swear? Yeah, you can man. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, you go in there and you're like, oh, fucked up. Like, just don't do it again. Like, but if you do it again, like, it's it's okay to be lenient with yourself, but at the same time, you've got to know like, how many times is too many times to fuck up and make that mistake. And then, even still, like, even nowadays, like, I'm still learning because like, there's, I've got guidance around me. But it's just not the same as having like, that father there to help me with all those sort of stuff. So I think that's been the biggest 
as, you, as we would say, like character building sort of moment and, and learning thing. And, and it's taught me like it's okay to make mistakes. You just, you just learn from it, you know, and you just like not everyone's going to live a perfect life. Like you're going to fall down. It's kind of like a 400 meter hurdle race. You start off, bang, you're out flying, you feel good and you hit a hurdle. Shit, all right, get back up. There's always going to be another hurdle around the corner. You know what I mean? You, there's going to be times where when you get back up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be slow. And then you'll build back up. You build a bit of pace, a bit of momentum. And who knows what it might be. Something really random might hit you. Oh, that rocked me a bit. It's another hurdle. Sometimes you might knock the hurdle down. And sometimes you might clip it. But it's just, it's all, it's just all learning. And I've learned so much along the way. And yeah, as I said, 23, <laughs> we've got a whole life to live. My sister's learning. I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. Mum's learning as well. I'm learning. My friends around me are learning as well because tough for them as well when like, their best mate's dad passes away and like, which would be like a father figure for them as well like how do I how do I speak to Pat today like how's he going to react we're all learning and that's okay and I said to them as well like it's okay like, you, I don't expect you to know what to say but I just appreciate you just being there and just saying like hey I'm here like, I know you're here if I react a certain way one day just, it's not because of you it's because probably the emotions are feeling a different sort of way today yeah, I think just realising all these little things and it's been a big one for me. It's crazy you said, man. It's like people teach you a lot when they're here. They teach you even more when they're not. Yeah. And that's that's a big thing as well. So when, when Dad was here, he'd come back from a big day at work and I was young at the time and just got a new Xbox. I'm like sitting on the bed playing it and he comes in from work and he's sitting at my door like trying to talk to me. I'm like, hey. I'd say hi and everything, but I wouldn't really like be present in the moment at these times. And, and then... When we would go kick the footy, I'd al- <laughs> I'd always wonder why he'd get so mad at me for not being able to kick the ball straight. And I felt bad because this guy would he'd give up everything. My dad would give up everything for me. He had bung knees, bung back. He could barely run, but he'd be out there in the rain, hail or shine, and he'd kick the ball with me. He'd kick the ball back, no matter what I was doing. And it was only after like a, f- like a year or so after when I'm yeah. So this is what he meant. Like, this is what he meant by this, and I see what he was trying to say now. And, like it, it hurts. It hurts at times because you go through those moments where you, it's so annoying because I couldn't see it at the time. But at the same time, it's it's actually amazing because I realise what he's saying now, and it's just a it's just a tough thing. But I was just so young at the time, so I didn't know. But part of growing up and adjusting to that change in life, I've learnt to understand that. And I think that is a I don't know big pat on the back for mum, my sister, and I that it's like. We, we get what he's trying to say now mm. and I know that he's not here to see it and understand it but I know he's up there watching and he's like yeah he sees it about time you learned that <laughs> those sort of things but yeah you're, you're just learning we're, we're all young that's what you're saying man like we're all learning like if you look at people we get angry so quickly at people that don't understand something that we might and it's like why is it, why, do, why am I allowed to get angry now because because I understand it, you don't. It's like looking at people with this lens of, oh, you just have, you just don't kind of get it yet. But you will. Yeah. And when you do, we'll like be able to talk about it more and it will be, it'll be a good thing. But 100%. Like and you, you look back and you're like, oh, that's what he was trying to say. Yeah. I get that now. It's, it's just sad when people don't learn. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like when you have these things happen and you don't try and learn from them. And that can be obviously... There's obvious reasons why you don't want to learn. You want to hide away. You want to not deal with it. But don't get me wrong. Like I've, I've made that mistake as well. I've made a mistake and I didn't learn from it. It's like okay, I'll try to get better at it. But I, I didn't and I didn't again. And then it's just taken so long 
me repeating that same mistake, unfortunately. Like, it's hurt people along the way and everything. And unfortunately, I can't get that back in life, but I've at least I'm learned from it. Conscious yeah. and I'm wary. And it's unfortunate that along the way it's hurt people and it's upset things and, it, and it's taken me so long to learn. I guess things, different things take different amount of times to learn. Mm. At the end of the day, as you said, as long as you're learning from it. That's the thing. It, it's going to take longer for some. It's going to be quicker for others. But I always talk about like when you have trauma, you know that like gopher game where the gophers pop up and you got to like hit them on the head with like a hammer? <laughs> like a time zone sort of thing? Yeah, like yeah. a time zone. <laughs> so I look at that as like each one of those gophers is like a different trauma, whether it be like psychological, physical, just whatever it is. And if you don't deal with them, they're just going to keep popping up and you can try and like hit one down, but you hit one down, another one pops up and you hit that one down and there's, and just there's, just, there's all of them. Like the only re- way you can deal with that is if they all kind of come up and you're like, all right, I'm going to deal with all of it. And then you're going to go. Otherwise they're just going to keep popping up in other like points of your life, relationships, friendships, right. your mum, your dad, like all that stuff. And it's just like, you just got to put it out there on the table and actually like, okay, I need to sit in this. I need to feel this. What, what am I getting out of this? What is this teaching me? Where is this going? Like it's, it's it's a heavy thing, man, because it's like you got to go head first into pretty much everything you don't want to go into. Well, it just bubbles up. It just comes up, yeah. How did um, how did your dad pass away? I had cancer, so it was a long battle. So you had it early on, got it cut out, and then we just had some problems going on, and we <clears throat> we just thought it was just like used bowel problems, but got it all scanned again, and unfortunately it came back, and at that time it was just pretty much too late. Um, but. It's life. I mean, it's <clears throat> you can't sit there and be like, oh, I hate this. Like, why? Why us? Like, there's guys that like, why? Why did he have to pass? Like, he was such a lovely person and everything. And then why is this person still going out there? Why is like this person still here? But you can't think like that. It's just the way of life. Like, we just unfortunately got dealt the short, short straw. We just gotta appreciate what we have and appreciate what we had as well, and just keep living life. It makes you realise, like you say, like how things can change so quickly, mm. so quickly. It's just, and then you appreciate them more, obviously, after. But it's like, it, it sucks when it takes something so big, but it's sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. Like, it's, it, you don't forget about, like, but then you've, the benefit on the other flip side of it, you, you can see that appreciation for... Mm we might not get this again because that's the thing it's like you say with this whole what if and one day like I always say one day is code for never Mm. so I think if you think like that you're never going to do anything hey like if you get stuck in that thing there's like oh I'll do it one day I'll do it one day and then it gets to the point where you're like well you you might not yeah and then hey you yeah bro it's like it's it's kind of like appreciation appreciating the moment in the moment not afterwards yeah. because of whatever reason you, at the time you're just like you're just not present in that thing I think that's the thing being trying to be more present all the time because you don't get that moment back ever yeah you yeah. never know it's like when we were having the the pro day like could this be the last time I'm with these bunch of blokes this is the last time I'll be over here you know these these sort of moments and then even just the little moments as well like you've got the big moments you've got the little moments you just gotta as you said just appreciate them and Mm. take it in when we get the chance to when when you've obviously found out that it had come back and that it wasn't going to be something that they probably hear how it did is that when the kind of appreciation changed and you're just like I'm going to spend as much time as we possibly can with your dad before like um, how was the process from when the kind of I guess 
acceptance of like what the reality of what was happening. Yeah, I guess you can you can kind of see it. So he goes when he starts his treatment <clears throat> and the chemo, just from how quickly he just withers. It was that's the scary thing. You just seen that you, just, you can't you can't count days. You just got to enjoy every day because you just don't know what could happen the next day or whatnot. And um, like him and I were so close. Like we had we had a great connection, my dad and I. So I guess like we always would always hang out. We always do things together. And when I'd see him in that sort of state, I guess and nothing really like, changed for us because we were. We were still the same. Like, I'd go over to him or I'd get, I'd get some KFC, we'd go and sit there and we'd play cards, but it's just in a different location this time. And that's what I kept trying to tell myself. Like, He's okay. Like, I'm going to get some dad again. Saturday, I'll, we'll go over there, we'll get some, we'll get a pizza, and we'll go <laughs> bring some beer. Ooh, he wouldn't drink, but I would. And then we'd watch the horses race and we'd sit there all day just watching the horses, have a little bet. Um, but instead of being at home or the tavern, it would just be in the hospital room. And then once I realised, you know, he can't get out of bed by himself now. He can't walk now. It's just when it all started to sink in a bit and hit, hit a bit hard, but like I said, it's, it's the way of life. We can't really... You can't get mad at it. As shit as it is, it's such a shit thing to lose your father at 21. And my sister's 16 or 17 at the time, so... Like... There's people, if you, if you write, like I've always thought of this, so if you write your problems down and you throw it in a pile of 100 different strangers, I, I can guarantee you, you'll probably pick yours up because you've read something else and you're like, wow. Yeah. And that's just I, been my I, perspective on everything. If I, write, if I write my problem down and I throw it out there, there's always someone that's gone through something worse than what I have. There's always, there's always something else going on, but it doesn't mean what you're going through is invalid. Still understand what you're going through, but... Yeah, that's such an important thing to say because I was, I was down at Burley the other day and I saw I saw these like cute looking girl. She was running across the road and then she just stopped and this guy came out with like a G wagon and she like jumped in and looked really excited and I looked and I just felt this moment. I was like, oh, that'd be nice, like that life, like just seeing that and I like that comparison of my life and that person's life. And part of me was like, oh, it'd be cool to swap in a way, like just thinking yeah. that. And then you realise that if you swap someone's life, you don't just get that G-Wagon, that girl, that lifestyle, you get all their problems, all their issues, all their struggles, everything. You don't get to pick and choose, I want this little part of this person's life because imagine how many people would look at you and just go, I want that life. I want that. They see the football, they see you, what, six, seven, they see the height, they see like you're fit, you're healthy, you're young, I want to swap. And then you'd probably look at them and they're at dinner with like their dad and just like, I want to swap. Mm. Yeah. But just it's little things. Just yeah, those little things that I think we will, you'd probably take for granted and everything. And it's like, oh, we're, like he's out there living in the, like he's gone to the NFL, he's gone to this program, but like this, he's living the best life. But yeah, cool. Like it's, it's, I'm so grateful and like honored to be doing it. But at the same time, like everyone's going through their own little problems and their own little things. And mm. I'd love to sit down and have dinner with my dad in that time. I'd love to. <clears throat> kick a ball with him and one more time you know what I mean so there's, there's as you said you're not just getting like all this that line like that that g-wagon and that girl you know what I mean you're getting you're getting as you said all the problems and yeah I don't I know his life he could something terrible could have happened to him yesterday or what like you don't know man it he could might be a horrible life. Like it, it could be 
don't know. He could be mum's money and he could do nothing. He could, he could live the most boring life. He's a terrible person. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Be, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows what it could be? Or he could be the best bloke, you know? We yeah. just, we'll never know. But it's just the coming back to that comparison and wanting to swap with other people and, like, you just... Just view yourself and be as being like, how can, good can I be? Not sure. how good is that person over there? Because you're never going to be as good at being them as they are at them. <laughs> so just be good at yourself. And it's just, yeah, you're just comparing yourself to yourself. That's really like, yeah, the biggest thing. That's like, like what I was saying earlier about just staying in your lane. Because like, like as soon as you step out to compare yourself, you know, you just lose track of what you're actually trying to do. And if yeah. you stay in there, you're... <laughs> You're going to develop and be the best version of yourself. It doesn't matter if that's patience, whether it's one year, two years, five, ten, you'll get there. Do you reckon you've almost fallen into this, like what you're doing and everything because of like the person that obviously losing your dad created? Because you would have to be the man of the house, the person that shows up. You've obviously with your mum and your sister, like, okay, that like that levels you up so quickly because it's like, okay, this is like sink or swim. Like, am I going to, again, be the victim? I just lost my dad. That's terrible. Or am I going to be, okay, I need to show up as that person for my family now. Yeah. And be within doing that, it's created this person that has opened up all these opportunities. So yeah, it comes to that what if again. You know, like we'll never know, I guess. Like, what if he was still here? Would I, <clears throat> would I be on the NFL and have this opportunity? Or would I be in the same pathway as what it is? Like, <laughs> we'll never know mm. We'll never know And as hard as it may be But I'm just going to be grateful For where I'm at And what I've gone through And to enjoy what Where I am at the moment You know what I mean Things happen for a reason You know what I mean So if I didn't It's funny I was thinking about this the other day If I didn't do my hip And come back to Australia like I never would have met Any of you guys I never would have met Half my friends I'm friends with now mm. And It's it, it is So crazy Because you, if you look at it Like that way all right, well, if I was over there now, you guys would be doing like, your life over here and I never would have met any of you guys or even like, the networking people I've ended up becoming friends with. I wouldn't have met anyone yeah. there. So things do happen for a reason. And, that, and it makes him at the time like, why? Why me? You know what I mean? But it, life will take you on a journey. Just just stick to, stick to your guts and it will, it will all work out. That, um, that why me bullshit stuff just gets... Because I always say this, I've said a million times, people are probably sick of it, but I say you don't know if something's good and bad until it plays out, and it plays out when you die. So what you think might be the worst thing ever, doing your hit, obviously you came back here, you've made all these new friends, and you're like, no, nah, there was some silver lining in that. Yeah. Like, I've come out of the other side pretty good with this, and I'm going yeah. back, and I can get redemption, and I get this new... Like, it's just... Like, the whole close the door, open a window thing's a real thing. And the window could be even way nicer than the door might have a slide. Like, man, like, that's what I mean. It's just, like, just take it as it comes. Don't get so caught up, I guess, on... And, again, we know how hard it is to not get caught up on, like, when you've got an injury, when you're at the low point, but you're just like, oh, man, this is going to swing back. It's yeah. going to get good. So it's just keeping, keeping that mindset when you're going through something and then what you can come out of it. Do you feel like you've almost kind of, like fallen into all of this like obviously you created this person that you've been and all these things that made you but in a way just from being you and carrying that role these things have all just kind of fallen into place um just with like how you carry your like values and like how you live your life it's like i'm just going to live the best version of me and what happens is kind of what happens i guess if i didn't didn't live my best life and like to my values and everything, I wouldn't be around the people I am now, around today. 
like that sink or swim. If I sunk, I'd be around a different crowd. It'd be a different point in my life. You know what I mean? And I guess you kind of hang out with the people with the same sort of values and mindset as as you. So yeah, and if you say foreign place, like, I, like the opportunities have come up there, and I've just been lucky enough to be there to take it on. And when it's there, give it, give it everything. I'll drop everything and give it my all. To make sure it works and make sure it pays off, um, it'd be nice. It'd be nice when it pays off. It's almost there. It's already paying off. Yeah, it's almost there. Dude, I heard this thing. It's like I keep saying it again, but authenticity has its own gravitational pull. And I just think that yeah. I just I love that quote so much because I know whenever you're living, giving it your all, living to your best self, having like your real laugh, like you know when you laugh and you just feel good, like that real version of you. Like when that happens, man, the amount of people that fall into your life that should be there is insane. It's just like, where did all this good stuff come from? You just have people popping up and you're like, whoa. Let's sit that? back and like, yeah, I like this. Yeah, <laughs> you created it. Yeah, that's the thing. 100%. I reckon I don't realise that enough. I can say, wow, yeah. I think that's part of the reason though, that's you. You're kind of like, you're so, like, you just, you're like, this is cool, but it's like, I don't know how to put it. You're not like overwhelmed by it. You just enjoy it. Mm. You're just like, this is good. Yeah. But like you say, you're just going through it. but Because it's like, and I guess that's when you need the polarity through the bad times and the good times. When you're in those good times, like, yeah, this, I like this life. This yeah. is good. I've created something that like, I can actually be proud of and happy of and like sit in and be like, nice. <laughs> like, we got, yeah. got here. I like it. Yeah. Now, so, what, um, so you shoot off tomorrow. Mm. You're out of here. I shoot off in, what is the time now? It's what is the time? It's 3.40 and I shoot yeah. off at 10.45 tomorrow. Bro. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, seven, nineteen hours. Man. I haven't even started packing. <laughs> I need to go. I need to pick up some stuff on the way home. To take over there. And, oh, dude. Uh, but um, I've got a list, and it'll be, it'll be right. Yeah, I'll let you go soon. But I'm pumped that we actually got to do this because we've been talking mm. about this for a while, and then we've been. I've been hectic trying to get this set up. You've been running around training. It's been trying to line it up. But it was funny. Like you came in. And I haven't set up the podcast for a while, so I'm trying to set it up and it's not working. And I'm just like, oh man, you know, like I'll be here in like five minutes. I'm like smashing keys, trying <laughs> to make things work. But um, and and got there in the end. You do get it. There, so, yeah, that's sick setup. I'm keen to see the room downstairs when it's all done too. Mm. I'll come back in either what ten weeks or two years. And do you think you will like come back at all in between, or are we just going to set? Do you know the date or anything? I've got flights to come back, but it just depends if um, teams want to fly me out and work me out. Yep. When I'm over there So it depends on How long I'm over there for And then like, I want to go see my mate Over in Mexico That'd mm. be pretty cool um, But also at the same time It'd be nice to come back And just Relax And see family See friends again mm. um, But Yeah We'll <laughs> play by ear Something that's uh, I'm not even thinking about The first day of camp yet <laughs> that, yeah. That's 10 weeks down the track yeah, So yeah. I'll take it day by day And I've got flights Booked back anyway So If I come home I come home I've got flights It's not like I have to Go out of my way To book them and everything mm. so. I think that's the best way to be when you actually just like, if I feel like coming home, I'll come home. If mm. I feel like staying over, I'll stay over. I feel like doing this. Like, you know when you book a one-way ticket and you're just like, yeah. it's actually awesome because you don't have a date. So you're like, I'm just going to play each day like it's a new day. and if, enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And if you do the whole time, like that's still, mm. that's, yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm actually, I'm excited for you. I think this is going to be epic, especially seeing like the journey of like where you've come from, from an injury overcoming it building building even stronger and then going back to chase it i think it's yeah the whole like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger is such a real thing but it's just how you 
get through that point of you know when we said like why me what's the point yeah because that's the that's like that's the hurdle that's the bit that i think so many athletes go through and it can actually destroy them like they'll just they'll go into a deep dark hole but it's like you say like what comes after that how much you can build there's almost light at the end of the tunnel Mm. <clears throat> Whether you can't see it or not, like there'll always be light there. Mm. I think that's the exciting part. Do you do, you do any visualization of like oh, yeah, seeing heaps, yourself? Heaps, especially when we're over in training. Um, I remember when we were playing footy before every game, like it was optional to do it. Um, but I believe in that stuff. You visualize it. If you have a vision, then it's like manifesting. You know what I mean? If you just believe in something and you work hard for it, I reckon it'll, it'll work. And I mean, if you're visualising something, it's not out of your reach. I, I always sit here and uh, my my wall screen, my wallpaper is, um, it's a vision board. And I've had it for over a year now. And then, you think about it, like, I was thinking of making a vision board for like, at home or to have with me over there. But you think about how many times you tap your phone, how many times you see it, mm. and subconsciously you're always looking at it. So the first thing I see before the, I look at the time is NFL. And around it has all these little other things that add up that I want to do and, and whatnot. But yeah, and I made it last year and just reinforcing it. Hey, just reinforcing seeing it, it all the time. Force myself to look at it. I'm always looking at it. Mm. That's I think that's probably one of the best decisions I've done. Just seeing it every day. Yeah, mm. it's like you say. How much emotion do you pull out of when you like feel and see? Can you be in those moments when you can almost like see yourself in America? You can see yourself in the forward. Yeah. You can like you're pulling into training. Do you see that? And can yeah. you feel that? Oh, don't worry. I, I, the walk-ins when you come out of your nice car and you're you're walking into the game and you can hear the crowd screaming and you're just walking into the change rooms, you're getting changed. You walk out of the stadium, walk into the corner tunnel. You get everyone cheering. You put headphones in. You're doing. You're in the zone. And you've worked hard for this moment. This is what you do. This is your job. You're here for a reason. And you go back in, you put your boots on, they call on everyone out, and they go, All right, number blah, 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 Patrick Mert. You're running out, and yeah, this is this is everything. And you're looking around as you're running out, and you see everyone just like, cheering and whatnot. So when you line up in your first scrimmage, do you run your route, you catch your first pass, all that sort of stuff. It's so, it is so clear to me. I can see it so clearly. You can feel it as well, hey. Mm. Oh, 100%. And it gets to the point where like, there's emotion in it too, where I can just, like, I'll sit down and I'll be in there and I'll just look like a, little, a little cheer. I'm like, what are you cheering about? Oh, I just got a touchdown. Where? Visualising a year down the track. Yeah, I believe that's that. It's so powerful, man. Like, people don't understand how much, like, discipline and drive you can get out of being, because it's like you feel it. Like, yeah. I know what that feeling feels like because I've created that in my body. And you do heaps as well from when you were competing. You? Dude, so much, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't visualize like sometimes when I was at a race, I'd visualize the track and where to go. Yep. But when I was at home, like three months before, I would literally be driving in my car, and I'd visualize myself coming through the finish line and all the crowd and the, the flares and the people, and you're getting interviewed by Red Bull and all this stuff. I'd be crying, man. I'd be in the car driving, just crying because I'd be like, I feel what that is like. Mm. And then it's always the funniest thing was I actually did get a podium in 2015. And I felt, less, I felt less emotion in the real thing than I did in the visualisation. Yeah, right. I didn't cry. I was like, this is cool. And I felt good. But when I was at home in my car driving, man, I was like bawling my eyes out. Like, I want that. I want that. And I talked about it with someone. And they're like, do you reckon it's because you already had felt it? I was about to say, because like, you've already lived that moment. Like, you've already yeah. visualised it. You've lived it. And you get up there and you're like, yeah, I, I belong here. Like, I've visualised this, yeah. this moment. This very moment. So, yeah. 
But how crazy is that concept of you're taking a bit of the real thing away, but the real that the thing you're taking away is the fuel to create that thing. Mm. But the thing won't be as good as the fuel to create it. It's such a trip out, man, to, to think <laughs> that. And I have had obviously times when I did do really well in, in the real thing and I was like, oh man, you kind of you you do take a moment and go, okay, we're doing this. Like this is this is real. We're here now. Yeah. This is what's up. It's good to take a big breath in those moments, hey? Oh, yeah. Just the, the gratitude and like that appreciate a moment in a moment. Do you feel like when you do that, you, in the moment, you take a big breath, like everything just slows down for like half a second? Mm. Like, well, you can look around and you're like, yeah, this is sick. Dude, um, yeah, I'm so, I'm so excited for you. I think it's going to be epic. I think it's going to be such a learning curve as well. And would you, okay, just say all things go well, like... Would you, like you're over there now did you see that full lifestyle change or just like you're living in america you live in that life and just come back here and this is like a holiday spot now yeah You've got your apartment on the water you come back for the surf hang out with the boys go to the path <laughs> 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 and then come back yeah i, I don't know I'll, I'll always think of like i see everyone as humans so i'll come back here i'm no different to the bloke to my left you know what i mean so <clears throat> although everything's Let's say everything goes so successfully, making millions a year, you get the nice cars, the nice house, the wife, the car, the lifestyle. It's all sick, but we're all human. Like we're the same, I'd be the same bloke, same person with the bloke to my left. I'd treat him the same. I've always, I've always been so big on this. You treat your janitor the same as you treat your CEO. So mm-hmm. when you go to the locker rooms, when you go over there, you, I'd, I'd treat the guys that looked after my uniforms the same as I'd treat the head coach. Everyone plays their own role because without one person, you can't solve a puzzle with a missing piece. Mm-hmm. Everyone, each puzzle piece has a different face and a different thing, but without each other, it doesn't work. And I've been a big believer in that. You treat everyone the same. Treat everyone the same, yeah. Mm. No, that's big. So, yeah, come back here and it'd be nice. It'd be nice to look after the boys and everything. <laughs> but I'll, I'll just be the same old bloke. Mm. Just living in America. Mm. You gotta come back. You gotta come back for yeah. this. Yeah, hundred percent. Probably with a good job. Yeah, just, really just no. Nah, just come yeah. back for a holiday house here. Yeah. Just buy one. Go back to America. Nah, that's yeah. gonna be sick. Where are you gonna say when you come back? Oh, I've just got to play some hedges. <laughs> You're that big one. Yeah, that's yeah. Nice. Oh, that'd be that. Yeah, that's a moment where you can go. Yeah, I made it. It was. A, yeah. Could be a real thing, man. Um, how's your love life going at the moment? How has that all been? Like about to go away as well, and then going over into that. It was it kind yeah. of like you didn't want to get anything serious or anything because you're like about to boost, and because yeah. that's always hard. The tricky traveling thing, trying to maintain relationships and see people and be like, well, it's got an end date on this because I got to go to X or wherever it is. Yeah. Is that a tricky thing to balance? I guess I've always been a big believer. In that. I want to be able to. I've always so I've gone from sport to sport to sport. And I've never really had something where it's just been there for a while. And <clears throat> I've since coming back, I've been so set on, I need to get the job. I need to get this job. Because it's not going to be there next year. I need to get, and when I get that job, I can get mum a house and then I can relax. So once mum's got the house, once I've got the job and a few years under me, I can sort myself out, get myself on track. Because if I'm going to date someone, I want to bring someone into a life where I can I can help them and give, and give them 100%. I don't want to be able to, give them 70% one day and then 30% to my job or 30% to them and then 70% to my job. It's got to be 100% everywhere. And obviously the right person would be like supportive and understanding of it all and everything. But I've just been, I've just been so fixed on that. And like I just want to make sure that I get 
myself on track, my family on track first, and then I'll open myself up for mm. what there is. But I've just been yeah, pretty lucky. People around me, they've been really respectful and understanding of of that, my, my beliefs and where I want to be. And as tough as it may be for whoever it may be, like they've been respectful and mm. understanding. And I am thankful for that. It's such a... Like, people don't, I think, realise how selfish you kind of have to be in mm. a way when being an athlete. And it's not even selfish because, like, you want a house for your mum. Yeah. You, want, you want to do this for you. You want to do this for the people around you. But that also means it's like if someone else in, a, like, a, a relationship or loving sense wants to come in your life, like, no, I've got to grind right now. I've got my goal. I've got my focus. And you can come in on this level, but... Yeah, and they always want to... And they always want to come in and they want to help and provide as well and be there for you as well. But I guess for me personally, I don't know if it's different for you, but like I just wanted to, like I've just come back and for the first time ever, I've just been so, just so strict to it and just saying like, all right, this is, this is what I need to do. Because I know that <laughs> how often does a, a guy from Australia get a chance to play in the NFL? It, it is so rare. And I know I can't just throw this out the window and I want to be there 100 percent of the time mentally physically um but yeah no. the girl thing man it's such a tricky thing like i wonder how many and again it's like it's no one's fault but like we always joke around like motocross there's all these monster girls that go to the races and they always yeah. date the athletes and the riders and then you see the results pan off and it doesn't go well but it's because it's oh man it's this weird thing when you do have a really strong connection and you're over somewhere and you're competing and like it's just back of your mind like if you love someone they're always in the back of your mind and as good as that feeling is in a time when you're on a field or on a track or racing like it's almost you want to be almost robotical it's like i got a job i got to do and missing the person that i cuddled back home and want to hug or whatever is in the back of your mind it just it just yeah it takes away from it in a certain way yeah Yeah. and it's it's tough you have to be selfish Mm. but at what point at what risk is it, are you going to be selfish? Is it, I've always loved putting people first my whole life, and I've just learned the hard way that I put people first, put people first until, and then I forget to look after myself, and then it starts taking its toll on myself, and then that then affects my performance and affects my relationships with people around me, and, <clears throat> and that's just kind of when I just realised like, I, I I have to be selfish because, mm. like I said, no, you just don't know when these things are going to come around again. You, you know when there's like turbulence on a plane mm. and the mask come down? I haven't been in that situation. I hope but not, know, but I get what you mean, yeah. Movies. Have you been in one of those situations? No, I haven't been in one, but who would you put the oxygen on first? Who's sitting next to me? But then you pass out. You've got to put it yourself first, don't you? Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. It's like yeah. if the oxygen comes down, man, you've got to breathe before you can help the person next to you because mm. you start to put it on them and you'll pass out and then you both die. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like you're saying then, like you were so much about putting other people first mm-hmm. that you're suffocating and you're losing air. But like you're trying to put it on them. It's like you you can't breathe properly. You're not you're not free within yourself because it's like you don't you're not doing the things that fill your cup up. Because yeah. you got to know you and you got to know okay what works for me. And you got to have like your non-negotiables where you're like I need to train. I need to eat good. I need to see these people. I need to swim. Like whatever it may be. I need to pat a dog or I need to have a dog like whatever it may be like you know your triggers and your the things that lift you up so if you cut those out and then start putting energy it's like man you almost like you know when you like use someone else like a person almost as a drug it's like you 
don't feel fulfilled in yourself. You're not doing the things that lift you up. You're changing as a person. And then you see like your girlfriend or a girl you're seeing and they're like, dopamine hit. I feel good. I feel loved. I feel cared for. But you're not actually doing that, any of those things yourself. You're just using this other person who no matter, like they could just be this light that shines. You're like, oh, I feel good now. Temporary. Temporary, yeah. yeah. And then you go back to, oh man, now I feel bummed because I'm not filling my own cup up. And I think in... So many times in relationships, you lose who you are because you're trying so hard to put the oxygen on the other person. Yeah, 100%. That's why I'm so adamant on just filling my cup up with this job, looking after my mum, looking after myself, because I know then, like, my cup's full then. Mm. I'm not worrying. I'm not as stressed out about mum. Like, oh, is she all right with paying rent and all that? Like, she's in a house. She's okay. And I've got a... That's such a good driving factor, dude. I got a great job, and that's going to provide for myself, my mum, my sister, and my family on the track as well. So I know that my cup's going to be full, and I can open myself up. And yeah, it's just like you have such a good purpose behind it. Hey, like I know when you be thinking about training, like providing for your mum and your sister, like that's such a like, dude. That is some gasoline, man. Like Mm. that is some fire, like. Fuck yeah, I'm yeah. gonna get a house, yeah. man. Like, no 100%. shit, why not? Like, because like, imagine that feeling, right? You come back, well, not even come back. Like, if I, if I end up staying over there and then you just you work around the scenes, you, you call up some mates, like, hey, I wanna buy this place, just keep on the low, buy this place, and I go, hey, mum, just go to the mailbox, there's a key there, can you go to this apartment, and check it out for me? Goes, oh, yeah, yeah, this looks this looks so nice, like, I'd love this place. Would you, would you live here? She goes, yeah, yeah, like, sweet. You're in this is your house, fully furnished. You can stay there tonight. Like, that would be the best thing. Bro, can I make you a deal? When yeah. you do that, can I film it? Yeah, yeah. We'll get all the boys. We'll get all the boys. I'll, yeah. I'll be, um, I'll be, some hidden location, which is like a like a lens, and because you, you should almost have like, how would you do it? Would you almost have like people inside waiting, or would you just be like real chill? I'm trying to. It depends on where it is. I'd, I'd <laughs> I love this like talk. Yeah. It's so good because it's I'll, gonna happen. It will. It's yeah. gonna happen. And it's. Um, I reckon I'd, I'd put it in an apartment because it'll be safe for her. Obviously, I'd want to buy a house for land and everything, but I'd put it in an apartment for safety. And how I'd do it, I was like, oh, there'd be a few people there, and she probably wouldn't know most of these people. But like, say with you, Locke, and all them boys, like you'd be in there filming because there'll be a film crew in there just trying to pull on market uh, on realestate.com, blah blah. Yeah. So just have a look, have a look around for me. See what you think. Do you like it or not? And then she'll look around and then, yeah, this is your place. Bang. Oof, cameras. Bang. <laughs> Man. Man, that's so cool. Like you say, just even thinking about it, like it, that's, mm, that feeling, yeah, you start creating, yeah, yeah, you start creating. so happy. Yeah. And that's, it's going to be, yeah. that's what, it was awesome when I went over to Detroit. I was like, sweet mum, like, you can work three months on, three months off, three months on, three months off, and I'll look after you and be right. And then you get to live the life you deserve, and like, you've been through hell and back. And like, go, go, enjoy yourself. This is what you, this is what you deserve, and that was awesome. And I've told, I've told a few people this, and obviously being told like, you got to go back home, um, like you're not, you can't be on the team anymore because of your injury, blah blah. blah. Like, I guess it was just so, I, I, I couldn't believe it. So I was like, oh yes, yeah, wait, I'll see you tomorrow. I hung up the phone and said, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. And I think it hit me that, that next day when they were like, nah, like. When your locker's gone, you're going home. And the hardest thing was FaceTiming mum like four days, five days later saying, hey, can you pick him up from the airport in two days' time? And she's like, why? What's this? And I was like, I get a surgery in my hip. Like that, that ruined me. That was, that hurt so much. Because like we had spoken about this life, we'd planned it all out and everything and <clears throat> for it to be stripped away from something we can't control is just so tough. But yeah, that one, that one rocked me. I remember it so clearly. 
half my stuff was still in my suitcase. I took two suitcases over and one of them still was, <laughs> was still um, zipped up. I hadn't unpacked it. Um, but it's Dude, nice. you just add into the story, man. Yeah. You add into the story. Yeah. And you're making it better. Like it's it's going to be good. <laughs> it's exactly. Yeah. I think about every time you like hit with hardship or struggle like that, I was like, my story just got a little better when mm. I get to here. And like, even now with training again and getting fit and from the injury, I'm like, you know what makes something look cooler and like looks more powerful when you go from like really low to really high. Mm. But if you don't have the like clarity of like being that low, like just imagine you got born into a rich family and you never worked a day in your life and you had millions of dollars and you got this jet and all that. And you're like, oh, I might get into like playing a sport and oh, you're really good at it. Everyone's like, well, man, of course he is. He gets all his meals cooked. He's got a coach. His dad was the CEO of the, the team he plays for now. Of course he was like, you look at it and you're like, eh, so what? And then they don't care. It's like he doesn't have the gift of overcoming anything that will actually separate him yeah. from everyone. 100%. And those people are so powerful and so important because if you see someone go from nothing to everything, it gives you the motivation that you're like, okay, well, I've had a pretty shit run. Yeah. Where can I get to? And that's what I think is more powerful than just like if you're just good at something. It's like, no, you're good at something and you have to overcome something to get there. So. It's inspiring too. Like, every, like you don't know who's watching, you don't know who's listening, and and if someone sees that, they're like, well, if he can do it, then all right, well, maybe I can do it. And that's what I want to do when I go over there. It's just like, <clears throat> if I inspire just one person to, all right, it is, it is okay. Like, it will get better. You will do. It. You, you can get there. Mm. If I inspire one person, then job's done. Like, I'm happy. Mm. I'll be happy. Cause you just, as I said, you don't know. You don't know who's watching, and you don't know who's following your journey, and and. You make someone's days. It's just the little things. Like Ten minutes out of your day is a, a lifetime of happiness for someone else. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think we live in a world now where one person doesn't seem that important because everything's been quantified into. You got a thousand views. You got twenty thousand views. You got a million downloads. You got all these likes, and it's like a person doesn't seem important because there's so many of them constantly shown to you. Oh, my story only got ten thousand views or whatever. Why didn't anyone watch? Like it's. 10,000 people is a lot of people or 10,000 views and you break that down to just think about one person you think you're one person now imagine if you saw someone do something that changed your life forever that one person suddenly seems way more important than they did before so it's like seeing that from the other side like I guarantee man someone like just listening to this podcast someone will go man I needed that like that's good and now I'm gonna try and do something I guarantee you'll get messages like I did one with my mate Blake and he said like yeah people just it was inspiring what happened because he had a spinal cord injury, then he had yeah. cardiac arrest, and he's just like the happiest dude ever. He's like, it is what it is. Shit happens. I got a defib in my body. I can't play rugby anymore. But he's like, do something else. It's all good. He's just like he just you know these people that just keep showing up. Yeah, that's and just that attitude is so powerful because it's like I need to keep showing up. Like he keeps showing up and look at the shit that he went through. Like I never spinal cord injury. I didn't have a cardiac arrest and die arrest and die for six minutes. And then just come back and be like, oh, life's still good. I'm all good. I'm going to do something else now. That's the thing, because you don't know. Again, it's a lot, hey. And that's what I mean. It's like, he's, he went through it, didn't he? Yeah, but he's yeah. the happiest dude ever, man. He's so... You find most of those people are, hey. Mm, they crazy. get it. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy, but <clears throat> it gets better. <laughs> no matter where you are, like, it will get better. Yeah. You may not see it, but just believe I um I remember I repeated that self that to myself so many times through my spinal cord thing where I was like, it gets better, don't give up. 
mm. it gets better don't give up and just like have to really believe that because there's times maybe you're just like does it did does you have to learn to walk again when you came out of there uh pretty, like it wasn't it wasn't as bad as like a lot of people that need to re- recover i couldn't i couldn't like i was in bit hot like bed for two days yeah. um and then i got up and like i could walk but like yeah like that was one lucky thing i did get like I, everything got shut off, but then when it came back, it was um, it came back quite not quickly. It was slow, and then it was like kind of got to a point, and I was like, okay, well, if it keeps progressing like this, it'll be quick. But it was almost like slow, quick, really slow. <laughs> so it was like nothing for um, while I was on the ground, and then when I was on the lift, I mean, not the lift, the stretcher getting taken off, I started to get bits back. By the time I was in the hospital, I could kind of like move my arms like enough that I could control them, not just like move them without any control. Um, and then just, yeah, I thought like I walked from one bed to another hospital bed, on like the second and a half day or third day. Um, and I could just like bit by bit. And then the next day, like I could like hobble and get around, but just like, just an old man, just not in a good way. Like it's so tough too, because you know, three days ago I was, I was out here carving up, I was killing it. Like that was like me, like I was, um. <coughs> Take your health for granted, hey. Oh, 100%. Because I came out of surgery and I, I was on my crutches and like I needed them to like wait bare get used to it. And one night I forgot. I just woke up and I forgot I had crutches. I stood up and I just fell straight down. And I was sitting there I was like, oh, what's just happened? And I realised I just had hip surgery. So, But you take it for granted. Mm. This is so crazy. Like, I, was on a, <laughs> I was out here running around two days ago. Mm. Now I can't even stand on my own, but. What do, you th- what do you think your top value is? What do you mean? Like, like what do you... Because just for example, my top value would be health. Mm. Because I feel like... Oh, like what do you that, value the most? What do you value the most? Like mine... I think it'd be like health, love, like gratitude, connection. Um, I know some of them, but yeah. What do you think would be your like top three or top five? That. Um, definitely health and love. They're up there. Um, and gratitude. Mm. Like, I just believe like, look after your body. You got to be healthy. Um, your body's your temple, and no matter what you do, whether it's you're an athlete or you work in an office, like your body is so important to you. And then like gratitude, just be, just be grateful for. Like, I got on my, on my wallpaper, I got gratitude on there as well. Like, you should be grateful for where you are and where, you've, where you, how far you've come as well. Like, just don't take things for granted. Like, you're doing, you're doing amazing. And then love, like, just love yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Mm. Like, I mean, we're all so hard on ourselves. Like, everyone, everyone is always going to be hard on themselves because um, <clears throat> we're always striving to be better and whatnot. But love yourself, love those around you. It's it's free to smile, mm. you know. And, I, and I've always thought that like, you walk around the shopping centres or something and you say hello to someone, or like you see people not smiling. You know? Free to smile, you yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, you change your but, life, man. Like smiling yeah. all the time will open up so many doors you would never know were there. Hundred percent, and it just like makes you more approachable. I don't. I get told all the time, like, oh, you look like the scariest bloke walking around. And you're six, seven, 120 kilos. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm a nice bloke. I hope. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, it's a lot. The smiling, and it can change someone's day as well around you. Yeah, nice. Mm. So that's. I reckon those are my top three. It's super important, hey, just like those little things. Yeah, when you when you actually realize when you do certain things, you're like, oh man, that actually that that can change so much. But mm. yeah, the the value things is because you know when you stop actually living to those values, that's when you realize that's when 
so much of your happiness goes. Yeah. And you're under like, why don't I feel good? And you're like, okay. Because I'm, I'm reading this book by Tony Robbins and he talks about literally when you stop living to you, those values, just always almost, I'm going to write down, I want to write down like maybe 10 of my, my core values yeah. and then go through them and just have them so I can say, okay, I'm not feeling good right now. And almost like a checklist of like, what am I not doing on this list? Yeah. And you go down, you're like, okay, okay I'm, not, I'm not doing this. I'm not giving myself this kind of self-love because I think you almost want self, like self-love in silence. You don't need to be someone because you know people that are like I'm doing something, but I'm only doing it so I can show people that I'm I don't doing need to it. Preach it. Yeah, you don't need to like preach it. And everything. Yeah. So maybe if you're you got a following base and you've got people watching you, like maybe they can help someone else. But mm. I'm just a big believer. If I, I heard this thing and it's like you, if you're gonna do it, you have to do it all the time. Like you yeah. know, some people just do it <laughs> to be seen. It's like you can be a good person and no one needs to see it. Mm. Like you can just do good things it's 100%. like i think that's the thing it's like if you're doing good things all the time on camera off camera anytime yeah, that's cam- all good off camera's big that's what i mean but it's like if you're only ever being nice and someone's seeing it it's like you're doing it for that feeling of like it, it will come out people will catch you out on it mm. they'll catch you out pretty quickly on it but yeah just being genuine hey literally and it's it makes sense just it makes people stay like i had um we're at the like never quit um christy party and I was talking to one of the mothers there, and she was saying, oh, my son's, one of my son's friends, blah, blah, blah. I was like, he's, he made a video, and he goes, am I, good enough to, am I good enough to throw the ball with you, Patrick? And he's a big NFL fan, and he's on the beach just doing all these, all these clips filming his phone, and I was like, I love that. Like, I really appreciate that. So I was like, you know what? It's two seconds out of my day, so I got two balls from home, and just gave it to them, and I got a message from the mother, and you just made their, you just made it their day. And like, they're so happy with this, and it means so much to them, and mm. I just find it's just... 10 seconds out of your day, it's a minute out of your day, it's 10 minutes out of your day. And make another one where we're over to mate's place and we're just having a few drinks. And these kids were on the street and they'll, I saw them wearing an NFL jersey. I was like, oh, I've got a ball in my car. And I just threw the ball in the street and I said, keep the ball, go have fun with it. Like, I've got heaps at home and, and this the sheer joy and excitement on their face. Like, it makes me feel good, makes them feel good. And I know, like, to me, it's just as a kid, if that happened to me, I'd never forget that. Yeah, you can't underestimate the impact those little moments can have on mm. someone's life in like in those years of their life. Hundred percent. I, I remember, I remember stuff as a kid, and I won't forget it. And when you go, oh, can you sign this for me? And like, oh no, I can't sign it right now. Or I'm not the happiest person. You know, oh, that's just that's a shame. Like I really looked up to you. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, a minute can change. Like thirty seconds can really change someone's life. You don't understand the. Yeah, it'd be super impactful on someone, especially in those years. Like, I, before we did the pod, um, I met up with a kid and his dad and we chatted about stuff and I was kind of rushing because I wanted to do this and that and it's funny that... Is it all of the wine? Yeah, 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 yeah. a bottle of wine. It's really cool. But it's funny how you put these things in your mind of like, oh, I can't do that because of this and you can... It's like, it's such a small little... And it was, it was lovely. Like, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. But it's like we, we trick ourselves sometimes to be like, oh, I'm too busy for that. Like, man, that fills your cup up. That's going to make you show up better for everything else. And that's the thing. It comes like, what are your values? Connection. Okay, that's connecting with someone new. Mm-hmm. Inspiring. I'd say inspiring would be a massive one for me as well. It's like doing those things that you're like, okay, I can just do that. And again, that's just one kid, one life. But that's so important. When it's like face-to-face looking, you're like, oh, man, my words, what I'm saying, how I'm expressing myself, what I'm doing, is get, it could, that could help you, man. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. If you get pumped, you're like, oh man, just for me being me, authentically me, and saying mm. and sharing good things can make someone else's life way better. You're like, yep, sign me up for that. Let's keep going with it that. It makes you feel good too. Yeah, everyone wins, yeah. man. It's a net positive. Yeah. It's a, it's a win 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm saying like, smile, smile. Yeah. Um, I'll, say, I'll let you go soon because we've been chatting for, how long do you reckon we've been chatting for? Ah, you checked. I checked, Rob, please. I won't say, you, you found that. Hour 40. Didn't feel like an hour 40. Huh? Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah. Like, it goes quick, hey. Um, <laughs> my sister, are you picking mum up? Nope. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't pick mum up. I gotta, you got I'm stuff touching to go, yeah. I got to pack for America. I haven't started packing for America yet. Sure. I'm fly out. I'm, I'm Tomorrow, I'm, six out of leave. <laughs> oh, bro. I'm so glad we got to actually get this in because I know we've been chatting yeah. for a while and I was like, all right, I need to do it now before. Because, yeah, you just got back from Bondi as well. You've been running around. You got to America. Yeah. I just went down there to clear my mind, mm. switch off a bit, but. No, that's good. So before we go, uh, I want to ask you something. When you're gone, how do you want to be remembered? When like gone, 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 gone. I, I was I was an infectious person. He's always he was a happy guy. He, um, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want someone to know like, if my name gets brought up and I'm not here to be. Like, like, he was a great bloke. Like, he. So happy he took time out of his day to look after someone else. He was, he was the kindest person going around, and like he always he always made time for someone else, no matter how busy he was. And he was a, he was a great athlete. He was a great friend. He was a great brother. He was a great son. I'd like my kids to be like him. That's what I'd like. Mm. To how. Proud, do you reckon your dad is of what you've gone through and where you are now? Yeah. Like looking down, he'd be smiling. <laughs> he'd be smiling for sure. Uh, I know he's proud, and and it's one of those things where it's like I don't like going to where he's buried to talk. I, I hate it. Like, I, I'm, I'm not going to talk to my dad. I'm not going to talk to the ground. Like that's my dad doesn't deserve to be there. So I just walk around, and and it's crazy. And I believe in the stuff. Where like a week after he passed, I went into like a pokeball down in Burley, down James Street. And I sat in the kitchen, I sat down, I've never been in this joint in my life, and the song that played was the song that was at his funeral, one of four songs, and I sat there and I was like, there's no chance. I've never heard this song in my life, and then times I've heard it was at his funeral, and at that po- that, that's the Pokeball place. And I was sitting there and I was like, this is awesome, like, he's having lunch with me. Mm, and if I go out and I, if I go eat by myself or I'm going to do something and a bird sits next to me, mm. that's him. I just I know, I know he's always watching and he's always smiling and he's always he's always going to be proud. Mm. He'll he'll question a few things as well, <laughs> as you do. He's like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> but he'll be, he'll be proud. Dude, that's great. That's yeah. No, that's that's really that's awesome. I'm yeah. I'm pumped. I'm glad you got to sit down. Is there anything before we before we jump off? Is there anyone like you'd like to thank or like shout out or like what's some ex- like if you got something you can just drop a bomb at the end besides I want you to sing unwritten if that could <laughs> after you drop the bomb but like I don't yeah, know is there anyone you want to um, um, <coughs> I don't know just like thank or just shout out or just be like okay this person's sick or yeah, I don't know something to end on yeah obviously like being back I've been grateful to build a, a big networking and I mean I've got my team like the team that looked after me it's like the, the team at RDK like they're the ones that initially got me over there and they've helped me through AFL they've helped me through the whole process of going over there and coming back, like they've been, we, can, we I can't thank them enough for that. And then it stretches to, and my physio team, my, my gym crew as well. <clears throat> like those two, they've all played a massive role in helping me develop and get to where I am now. And like my family as well, like they they know what they've done. Like they've always been there. And you got your friends, like my close friends, like 
sit here and list them all. Yeah, they know. We'll, they we'll know. For, they yeah, know. So they all know. They all know who they are. They all know what role they did and what role they played. And and I try to let them know as much as I can. But each one of them played a different role than what the next person did, and it's and that's amazing. And I hope they know that. I hope you know that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there's there's just so many people out there to thank. So, but we'll thank them once we win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I'll mention on the big screen, <laughs> and that'll be the big one. They'll no, know who they are. Yeah. Um, now can we finish it on? I want unwritten, just sung. Just <laughs> we actually get it. Actually, I don't know if this. If Have I you put heard it, unwritten. Yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, I know. I pop. I, I must have popped up on my feed because I've heard it ages ago, and then it popped back up, and I'm like, oh. I don't, know if this will, I don't know if this will get affected if I play it. I surely can play music. I don't know. If she's got 10.5 million monthly listeners now because of that movie. Really? Yeah. Ridiculous. Isn't unwritten? An, isn't it an old song? Old, old song. She yeah. sings a lot of good songs too, but... <laughs> I can't see her. <laughs> <laughs> you know the words too, don't you? Not really, just the kind of chorus. I love how it's now off the movie. Oh, is it in that movie? That's why it's so big at the moment. How big is that movie? I don't know, but like I'm just standing I love the face before you open up the dirty window. Let the sun illuminate the words that you cannot find. Reaching for something in the distance. So close you know. Where release your inhibitions, feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. Only you can let it in. No one else, no one else can think the words. On your lips, treat yourself with what's unspoken. Live your life with arms wide open. <laughs> oh. It's a happy song. <laughs> if you ever feel oh, down, listen to this song. It bro. makes you feel happy. Bro, that's so good. Yeah, do you know Joe Davis? So he's in that movie. I want to go see it because he's in it. So he's the guy. He lives in Palmy. I met him at the beach gym, dude. And you know those people that are just super, just outgoing and happy. Yeah, yeah. I met him there, and I was like, I gotta catch. I want to have him on the pod. I don't think this is the right guy. He's born in 1901. And no, not not that main character. He's a different one. What's his? Is he, how do you spell his name? Joe, Joe Davison. Oh, Davison. Yeah. Davidson or Davison? Davidson. Yeah. So he's. Um, oh. Do you know him? He yeah, you saw him in the pancake shop, hey? Yeah, I wasn't there, but... Oh, <laughs> damn, I saw Geordie and Lockie and all those boys saw him there. Dude, I'm gonna Is do that a, your mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do, I want to do... I had to hit him up. I was waiting until I got the studio done, but I want to hit him up they for a podcast. It's on the movie. He's in there. What do they show? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's great body and... Um, <laughs> no, literally, it was... It was a <laughs> a full dick shot on the thing. Uh, he pinched it. He's like, oh, anteater. <laughs> <laughs> but he's... um. Is his accent really Aussie? He's pretty Aussie, yeah. Okay, makes sense. Because when he speaks in there, he really brings out the Aussie in us. But I think that's honestly how he sounds. Yeah. So if, any, if anyone listens to this, um, I'm gonna be, I actually need to message him, but I was going to say just, yeah, Joe Davidson. We're going to get you on the podcast. Joe Davidson, please tell Sydney so we need to check her DMs. <laughs> please. <laughs> Along with the other 16 million people in there. <laughs> I'm waiting for my response I you were still. Say with all the other messages from you. <laughs> Please, man. <laughs> no. You were talking before, you're just like, nah, I'm staying away. I've got to focus in. And yeah. she pops back up. You're like, oh, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. hey, I heard you on the Gold Coast. <laughs> I, I'd hate to think how many people have messaged her since that movie. Mm. Yeah. Like, I mean, who would message her? Me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it was funny. It was a little, little, little giggle here and there at the boys. So. That good stuff. All right, Pat. Well, on that note, thank you for sitting down. No, 
I always love when they go quicker than you actually think. Yeah, and if you Thank need you to sing again, let me know. Oh, mate, we'll do it. We'll do an encore for this for the sure. Voice. We'll this, next time you're in, we'll have the studio. We'll have the whole thing. <laughs> You'll be in the Super Bowl. Oh, you get out, you take... So when you take the podcast, headphones off, it feels like you go back into reality. It's a weird feeling. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. you can't hear yourself speaking, man. Like, no. I feel like I'm right in the moment now. You miss it, though. You get used to it. Mm. Yeah, anyone that's never done a podcast, get podcast headphones and strap it into audio thing and just talk to your mates. It's just... If you lock in, you feel like you're in you do, you're yes. in this. Like I don't like when people do podcasts without headphones because I feel like you're distracted by other noises and yeah. other things. <laughs> Lucky walking by. Lucky came in, yeah. I was like, don't smile, don't look at him, don't smile. Oh man. All right, good well, stuff. Oh bro. Oh man. What was that? The little pop in here. Yeah, no. <laughs> that is sick. I, I, give me one second. I gotta respond to all these messages. What messages? Um my, my sister said. Oh, no. yeah.